Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your locally owned source for hunting, fishing, and shooting gear in interior Alaska. They sell proven gear that will tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to, and Frontier always stays current with gear for the season. Whether you're baiting bears in the spring, fishing, camping, or dip netting in the summer, you're looking for game bags and moose camp gear in the fall, uh, if you need to stock up on trapping lures or just get everything you need to go ice fishing, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as camping gear and backpacking food. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find a full hardware store naturally, and uh, you'll also find your snow machine, ATV, marine accessories down there. They go out of their way to stock plenty, plenty of quality, useful equipment. And whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on a never-ending home improvement project, or anything in between, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location in North Pole, so make sure you stop in next time you need to gear up. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Realtor Rick Lindsay, a guy that can take care of just about any of your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area. Now, the Hedgecock Group has been in Fairbanks North Pole real estate market since the early 80s, and their service is tailored to meet the diverse needs of home buyers in interior Alaska. Now, Rick has lived in Fairbanks for a long time and understands a lot of the less obvious ins and outs of buying and selling property around here. You know, things like water holding tanks and permafrost and all that jazz. Fairbanks is a really unique place to live, and having a realtor that knows what to look for in a quality place can make all the difference. Rick's a Marine Corps veteran and will work hard to get you exactly what you need. And if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in the Fairbanks or North Pole area, reach out to Rick at 907-378-6780. And go check out his Instagram at R-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-113 at rlindsey113. He's really a passionate outdoorsman. He's just like us. He's one of us. And he loves to share his adventures on there. And he's got a pretty a pretty nice cranker of a ram that I'm jealous of. So go check him out. I know there's lots of you out there that dream of moving to Alaska, but it's a big step and can be kind of intimidating. Landing a solid job before you move can make things run a lot smoother, but you might not be sure of the job market or even really where to look. Now, if you're an experienced ASC certified or GM factory trained technician, I've got good news for you. Chevrolet GMC of Fairbanks is looking to hire qualified service department techs, and they've got enough work to keep you pretty much as busy as you want to be. Fairbanks Chevy has a very busy shop, but they allow for flexible scheduling. They offer top market pay rates with paid overtime, a great benefits package with 401k retirement plan with contribution matching. And, you know, for a service tech, you can really make a good solid living. They, they can offer relocation assistance to help get you up here, paid training to get you spun up, and they have a well-lit and well-maintained facility, and these are all things that I mean, help contribute to a great work atmosphere. On top of all that, they make it a priority to allow you to take your vacation time during hunting season, something that is really tough in the, in the service and construction industries here in Fairbanks and can sometimes be a deal-breaker for folks like us. Good help and hard workers are always welcome in Fairbanks, and if this is the opportunity you've been waiting for, apply at FairbanksChevy.com or call their service manager, Rick Lindsay, directly at 907-215-6444. That's how you do it. 
All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, sitting down tonight with uh, a couple of the regular crew, Dr. Frank Schultz, the esteemed <laughs> esteemed colleague, Temple Dillard, and uh, J.R. Peterson, man, back, to, uh, back, back on. It's been too late. Two, three late. years? I don't know. Oh, too I don't late know. in the runner. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, it's man. been a while, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, glad to glad to have you back over. You know, I like was like we all follow along your winter adventures, and Frank's just giving you shit for for having some YouTube. Frank's addicted to the YouTube now. He'll just lay in bed at night and watch it. So he gets a little. Just, he gets a little. Wait for Jr. to post another video. <laughs> he gets a little pissy when his video feed doesn't. <laughs> But uh, so at least I, I watch shit that I'm learning something from. You know, it's like at least I'm not dribbling away on Facebook. What a hassle! <laughs> what a waste of fucking time with Facebook. <laughs> what boots are those, Jr.? Oh, oh, these are Crocs, Temple. Oh. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Crocs. <laughs> I think they're just a pair of cheap Carolina loggers. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like I like boots. Boots are interesting. I'm more of a motorized man myself. <laughs> Look, I get that too. I, I, I didn't, have an, I didn't those say boots I like, have an outboard. <laughs> I didn't say I liked using boots. I'm interested. Pull cool that to, mic just a little bit closer. There we go. It'd be cool be to know how to make and repair boots. Like there isn't a there isn't a fucking cobbler in this town. No, is probably there, a reason. That is there a cobbler, a cobbler in the state? <laughs> there might be one in Anchorage next to the ATF guy, but you know. <laughs> there, there ain't many of either of those in the state, huh? We just got off talking about suppressors and yeah, ARs ATF, and ATF. We're wondering how many ATF agents were in the state of Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, springtime. You uh, probably got your last trip to the cabin until till airplane fl- time. Probably huh? flying out next week. Nice. Yep. So. It was Tanana was open when we came by two days ago. It was open cross here and there, and it was one of them trips. If you went across, you might not be able to come back. Yeah, yeah. you don't. So you don't I've had that before. Yeah, so. you've had. I remember you having that where you come back and the yeah. river's open oh. and flowing. In your two-stroke snow machine days, you'd just water skip across that. I was younger. Yeah, <laughs> balls that clang back then. And <laughs> now my balls are hanging a little further. And you step on them. So, yeah, I'm not quite that. Quite the same. When's the last time you were out there and crossed? Uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was still full on winter. Could ride anywhere you want. Two out weeks there, ago. But, yeah. Huh. But, it's um, just dictated by the river. The tan and I. Yeah. And she can go out any day. You know. And, yeah. So. Yeah, that that thing could go out at fifty below. That thing's yeah. moody. Mm-hmm. At what point do you start pulling your gear and stuff from the trapping season? When you think, I mean, do you have like a date, or do you go by weather? Just kind of weather. Yeah, yeah. And then, so you know, we have that our fur auction and fling in uh, the third week of March. So I'm usually pulling most of my gear by then. Okay. And uh, I might have some wolf gear, but we have so much. Uh, with that elevation up there, the temperature rises so much, so everything's just going to melt out. Right. And then if you got wolves that are in snares, they're just going to sour. Yeah, when it's yeah. That warm. So, um, but the paint in your nines white does that help them keep from melting out? Definitely. Yeah. But 
it doesn't matter if the snow melts because right. it's 50 degrees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now yeah, you got yeah. a white trap sitting on gravel. On the brown ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so you're you still you're still building those. You're still the number nine man. Yeah, but I've been out for uh, oh going on oh probably almost six months since I had any, and I'm I'm out of parts. So I've been looking for a new uh, stamp company. Oh, gotcha. So my stamp company was in California, and they found out what they were making. What what they were? Oh, making are you shitting me? <laughs> oh my! And I guess God. the gal that I was dealing with, she said it was a long time coming, and I was like, "Well, geez, I wish you'd have told me that before, so I could have been looking." Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so she was out sick, and and uh, I put in an order, and and I sent it in as Alaska Number Nine Trap Company, and usually I just, just J.R. Peterson and. But anyway, so I get a text back almost immediately that says we can no longer make parts for you. And so I sent him a text asking why or an email, sorry, and uh, no response, no response. So I ended up calling the gal that I dealt with on her celly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, what's going on, JR? And I was like, so what's with you not making parts for me? And she's like, oh, it's been a long time coming, but the wrong person found out what we were making. And I'm like, shit. Oh, uh, you know that's real. over 30 years almost 40 years of them that, making parts for the making, alaska number nines yeah and uh yeah so that was too bad and you know they owned all the dies um uh, so i was kind of screwed but um, yeah, and what are they gonna up? do with that stuff well just throw it away but, and they wouldn't let you, like, could you uh, look? So, but uh. I did talk her out of my pan stamp, the Alaska number nine stamp. Um, but then I decided with my new company, I'm going to, uh, the company that I'm dealing with now, I'm going to change the pan since it's just kind of a, a new run. Uh huh. So I'm going to put North Pole on the pan too. Nice. Right on. Just something <clears throat> different. Um, but anyway, so they're supposed to be sending, actually, today it was supposed to send the prototype of parts. So I can assemble one, and then I'm going to order for 500. Yeah, because that's I could see you know with a new <laughs> new tooling, new manufacturer. Like yeah. there's a lot of kinks that have been worked yeah. out over the years, probably. And you know? he's so he's when we're when we're doing this order, I told him how many I want. So I want parts for 500 traps, and so a lot of their stuff they're doing on uh, water jets and plasma tables and stuff like that. They're not stamping. And so now we've got the issue with now we've got sharp edges, so you still have to tumble them and get that finished yeah. look. And so so this is a big, a lot of money coming out of my pocket for this first order. And I told them, I says, well, I need a prototype. I need, I need to build one trap before I'm going to spend $30,000. Yeah, yeah. See what I'm yeah. getting. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I so thought they, heating your we shop was expensive. Kind of, yeah, we were kind of like button heads a little bit about it. And I was like, well, partner, you see where I'm coming from? And he's like, well, do you see where we're coming from? And I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a long-time relationship if you do this right the first time. And, and I've, the, the parts are right. Then, yeah, you know, then this is going to go on for years. So, yeah. But, and then he's like, oh, okay, I see the pussy. Okay. So. Yeah. Cause so for, I, for people who don't like not might be tracked, J, JR owns the Alaska number nine trap company. Yep. He's been and, oh, building. Let me interject right. here. I, I want a history cause I've been, I've heard him referred to as Mannings. So. So I want to like from beginning to now, what, so how did it work? Don't quote me cause old chemo brain <laughs> kind of shorts out quite often, but, uh, 
I think it was in 19, oh, for some reason I want to say 78, but that might be wrong. Um, Ned Manning. Ned Manning, because he's Ken so, Corcoran's buddy, yep. right? So Ned Manning made this trap, and it was a retirement gift for John Burns. Hey, shit. Damn. Like <laughs> intelligent beers. <laughs> Aim, aiming oil. Wow. You're welcome. But anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks, Temple. Um, but anyway, he made this trap and gave it to John Burns as a retirement present. Okay. And a couple of the guys at Fish and Game were looking at it and they're like, man, you ought to refine that and make a wolf trap. And uh, so he did and called it the Manning Number no. 9. Okay. And then when he sold it to... He wasn't a trapper. He was an engineer. Okay. And, uh, and a machinist. And a machinist. Sorry, not an engineer, yeah. a machinist. All right. But anyway, so he he didn't really have any interest in it. He was just doing what they told him, hey, can you do this? And he did it. And then so Steve Titus bought it from him, and Steve was a trapper. He started building them, and then I'm not sure what the deal was, if he wasn't keeping up with demand or but Dean Wilson bought it from him. Was it? And Dean Wilson is like a very well-known fur buyer, Alaska oh, yeah, Trappers yeah. Association. Dean Senior. Dean Senior, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was, and then you acquired it from? No, then, uh, so when Dean got Parkinson's disease and he was going to put it up for sale, well, I threw my hat, my name in the hat, along with Jimmy Walters and Al Barrett. And... I was actually too young and immature. I wanted it, but shit, I was living in an apartment. And uh, that was a little bit bigger than this room we're in. <laughs> so, and, uh, but anyway, so uh, Albert had it. Okay. And then so Fairbank, he, Fairbanks Fur Team. Yeah. No, so yeah, he yeah. had it for quite a few years. <clears throat> and uh, um, I guess for probably about four five or six years before I bought it, I, I was asking Al every year, hey, you want to sell that? Because he wasn't keeping up, and, you know, he's got so many irons in the fight. He does. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, then one year I didn't I didn't even ask him. And he says, hey, you didn't ask if you're going to, I was selling it. And I was like, well, I got tired of asking and hearing no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but anyway, he, I says, you want to sell it? And he's like, yeah. So I says, what do you need for it? He told me and I bought it. Boom. And, awesome. And then I changed it to how I had modified all my traps. So what you're looking at today, that trap, that's how all my traps have been since I started trapping. So, so I you... modified all Dean's traps to do with the center swivels and the thicker uh-huh. uh, laminates. And Do you have it like stages of them do you ha- did you keep any from each stage oh, do you, yeah. have you acquired them yeah, from each stage and like yeah. have like yeah. this is the first iteration the second yeah. third mm-hmm. oh that's cool that's we, really neat like it's it's yeah it's been a process like my uncles have some that are the single jaw not yeah, the double laminated, laminated jaw yeah. mm-hmm. and i mean you know like you Wolves are powerful animals, yeah. and guys catching them over over years and being like, "All right, well, this failed on this tra- you know, yep. trap," and mm-hmm. you know, like the originally or the the older ones I've seen the 
the chains anchored, the chain swivels on the, the end, end of, of a crossbar of, of that crossbar frame. Yeah, yep, perpendicular. So and the reason the, that Dean did that is, uh, you guys probably don't know uh, Dave Bruss, but no, Wolverine bait on Trevor yep, Man. Yep. I met him a couple of so, times. He's a hoot. Yes, he is. So he lived right down the street from Dean. Yeah, and and kind of helped Dean in the testing process and yanking and, on it with a truck. Yeah, so they a tree, uh, right? they took that <laughs> trap and. Took, I can't remember if it was an inch and a half rope, tied a knot in it, put it in the trap, and then tied the trap to the tree. And then uh, Dave had a little Nissan truck, and they tied it to that <laughs> Nissan oh truck. And, and they'd pull it till failure and Holy to see what would happen. Shit. You know, Well, if they had it on a center swivel, like all traps are today, the jaws would just pull out, you know, because that was the weak spot. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't know to laminate, to stiffen them up. But then when you look at them, everybody else has got something a little, you know, all the wolf traps today have something a little different. They'll have a bolt or something pretty mm-hmm. stout where the jaw attaches. Where the jaw hinges yeah. on the frame. And, yeah. Uh, but this works really well. And uh, the reason that Dean liked it is because if you caught a moose, then it wouldn't pull the jaws out. Yeah. So it usually that tab would bend a little bit. Yeah. But um, but because the I, jaws used because the jaws like on you know you just like go down to the hardware store your average like small like coyote trap lynx trap the jaw the ends of the jaws are just straight sticking out through the holes in the frame. Yeah. Not, yeah. Whereas hooked. like they've like over the they years have been these. started to yep. roll them yep. roll them up and hook them. Yep. And then a lot of the the new manufacturers they'll have like a bolt that goes through it or a pin. Yeah. Or yeah. A rivet. Hmm. Um, so, but yeah. Anyway, and and I it seemed like I was having a lot of broke feet on my wolves, and so I went with the center swivel so they have more of a straight pull, mm-hmm. and then that solved. So it's that. not torquing their yeah, foot you as you yep. pull on it. So, <laughs> So I went with that, and then I went with a little bit thicker uh, um, jaw laminate. So I went with a 3 jaw laminate instead of that 16th inch what they were running. And so. And what's sharper. the thickness of the actual jaw? 3 So it's, okay, yeah. right on. So, and then, uh, <clears throat> so Jim Massick was actually the first one to laminate, um, and he put quarter-inch cold roll over the top. Whoa. And, and that stops at... Uh, that knife and of the 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 paws do you know when that trap comes up and and closes it's pretty sharp when it's just that little three six right yeah so. and is there you know they're they're jumping around and yanking yeah. on it in any um, kind yeah. of sharp it just creates more surface area yep. to grab mm-hmm. against like for a softer yeah hold so. and ma- in massic's uh kind of living legend oh, for man, yeah. people who, who haven't yeah. met him or, yeah. or don't know i mean mm-hmm. That guy's an assassin, yeah, basically. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, and so it's been fun. And then, uh, so, after I bought it from Al, I, he had a bunch of stuff, and I'm asking him a bunch of different questions. Well, people are like sheep. Um, so, Dean wasn't an iron worker. Uh, Al wasn't an iron worker. Uh, Steve Titus wasn't an iron worker. So, they just did how how they were shown how to put these traps yeah. together. And there's just so many things that, well, why would you do this? Well, why would you do it like this? Yeah. <laughs> and so when I got it, it's like, it's second nature yeah. working with the iron for me. And, and so I changed up a bunch of stuff, made it so simple huh. to put together, you know. Nice. You got dyes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of people ask, well, because I got to bend everything, you know. Yeah. So. But a lot of people ask, well, how long does it take you to put a trap together? And, and I've never put 
one trap together. You do, do parts, this stages. part, this part, this part, this part, this yeah. part, on a whole pile of them. Yeah, and I'll usually yeah. do it until I'm tired of it. So I, I, I sell 200 traps a year on average, mm-hmm. and uh, so I might bend frames. Uh, yeah. And so I'll bend them till I'm tired, you know, because I got one press that I, I bend everything, and I just change the die in it. And, and so when you're pulling with this arm pretty soon, you're like, okay, let's do something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something else. But, but yeah, it's, it's actually pretty relaxing to me i really enjoy it and and this last year was the first year that i've ever been caught with my pants down you know caught behind yeah it's like god i felt so bad about it you know so but so we'll be back up and running here directly so i'm actually thinking of taking next winter (laughs) off um of trapping and what? Yeah, and, I don't uh, know, but I don't think I don't think that's a very yeah, good idea. Yeah, I don't idea. think it'll happen. <laughs> maybe maybe just wolf gear. Yeah. <laughs> you're thinking that because it's springtime. Yeah, yeah. come so fall time, time you're gonna change that. I had a shitty season, so yeah, I'm not trapping next year. <laughs> but, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun, and and then like I'll go down and do wolf seminars in Lower Forty Eight, and it's just it's fun to take the trap down there, you know, and and meet. You know, meet just people. wipe all those yeah. MB seven fifties yeah. off the table. Well, <laughs> and I tell, like when I do my seminar, I still run three dozen seven fifties on my line. I mean, I still catch wolves. I've them. caught them with seven fifties. Yeah. They're just a lot. They just aren't as fast, or they're yeah. a lot more susceptible to getting froze. Put out froze. <laughs> you yeah. gotta be picky where you put yep. those. And then, uh, you know, but those guys down south, you know, I says you guys are trapping before dirt. Yeah, if you're trapping dirt, put that 750 out. It'll yeah. work. If you're scared, put two out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they hold wolves fine. Um, yeah. But you just got to get a good catch. Yeah, it? that's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's not. It's. It's kind of like the rifle or the bow. It's. It's. It's not the trap. It's, it's you putting it's the there. Person putting it there. If you put it in the right spot, it's going to work. My buddy Jake, I was used to say it's. The jerk behind the trigger. It's not the bow. It's not the gun. It's yeah. the jerk behind the trigger that puts uh-huh. it where it's supposed to be. So uh-huh. I'm glad you said that because with just like the other day, someone emailed in asking to talk about like hunting bullets and like what's our favorite hunting bullets. I just, you know they... what, just before you get into that, it okay. just made me think. Remember when I figured out how many square feet Alaska was oh, and how geez. many square feet of it yeah. that I had covered with traps? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like, t- it was some late night text. Guess yeah. what? I, just- <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I've been doing some math here. Yeah, that's what Jim Massick, whenever he does his schools, that's one of the things he always says. It's easy to catch a wolf. You just have to place that three inch pan in, in I can't remember how many square inches. It, yeah, I keep, exactly. But he I, had it figured out. Yeah, I did too. I had it right figured out exactly to the square foot and i was just like oh my god this is overwhelming <laughs> so this yeah. jr this fucker right here there was a winter i couldn't trap it was the first winter he trapped he borrows my wolf traps that i got from you and some other gear and he sets this he didn't have up. them out like 24 hours this fucker the first animal he catches is a wolf he calls me up he's like hey i caught a wolf Beep! I hang up on him. It <laughs> hangs up on bastard. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he. The things have been soaking for twenty four hours. It was, yeah, it was a couple of days. Couple but days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm. How long can you take it when you're like, God, they're just here all the time. They're just like, keep running right here. I was like, they're not going to run here anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be done with this. <clears throat> well, it was. I mean, 
like I talked about going down in Alberta, man, I was like, holy, like this freaking wolves around here. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I mean, I kind of blew my wad and messed up. I should have had three of them the first, that first morning, you know, just shitty stuff got wild and the shooting got a little bit shitty, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're trying to trigger. <laughs> yeah. There you no, go. Well, that's the thing. Again. That, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. I wasn't jerking on it, but I just, yeah, like yeah. you didn't range I'm, it or something. Well, that's the, the that's the like second and when the shooting like started, I shot a days too. And you're like, Oh my God, it's going to be like this every day. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> well, no, oh, I mean, shit. I knew <laughs> some things I did well, some things, well, I shot the first one. As soon as like they were goofing around, there was two pale ones in this pack of like five, and they're and they're and I couldn't really see the bait roll. They're come kind of just waiting for one of the pale ones to stop where I could see them, and I was on them. And then one of them, I don't know if I made a noise or something. I just see his head pop up, looking my way, and go like that. So I'm like, all right, time to pick one, and just. The first one that was standing still swung the crossers over him and boom. And then I'm looking for the next one. And two of them came running back across. And I held, I had time to think like, all right, I'll hold right in front of his nose, broke the shot and, and nothing. And I just let, I let him when I shouldn't have let him. They weren't yeah. running, running that fast. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, then, I mean, I've told the story, but like the, just the density of what, like you see him out in fields like coyotes. Huh. It was nuts. Easy city living. So, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But. Oh, it doesn't matter. JR. I interrupted because you t- wanted to start talking about bullets or something Yeah, that like was, that, I but. was going to ask, JR, what, <clears throat> give us the range of calibers you've killed moose with. JR is a renaissance man, Jeez. I would say. Uh, I've killed, I think, eight moose with the twenty two two fifty. Uh-huh. But well, where, where'd you pop them with the twenty two two fifty? Right in the head. Back of the head, for the front of the head. Uh-huh. One, uh, all but one of them. Was one shot. Yeah? One shot it took two. And the only reason it was because I was standing on my snow machine tank, and he was running straight away, and this 22250's got a 30-inch barrel on it. And I stood up, was a little bit, and I shot him in the back of the head, and it dropped him. Uh-huh. But uh, just like a couple seconds later, my buddies pull up, and, <laughs> and the moose gets back up. Oh, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> Jacked another one in through that big old 250 up there, and and with an eight power scope. Eight, eight is it's eight by 32 burst, so eight's the low end. And yeah. so I'm trying to get back on him. I was like, oh man! And then I shot him again. And but yeah, shooting match king bullets. Match king bullets. Yeah, 80 grain match king bullets. Ooh, 80 Jeez. grain match kings are slippery, man. <laughs> but yeah, pretty in, in, impressive. But you know, I mean, it it doesn't matter what you're shooting and. Um, I was just reading something the other day. That was probably on the internet because it wasn't in a magazine. Um, But on knockdown. Oh, yeah. I scrolled by that. So, and you know, and it's kind of amazing because it seems like you shoot the two different animals in the same spot and they react totally different. Way different. And so in this article that I was reading, they talked about. On the heartbeat. <laughs> oh, oh like shit. so. If if everything's contracted, when the bullet hits it, maybe it creates so, an yeah, aneurysm so when and they, falls over. Yep. When they did the an autopsy on them, they cut the brain open, and the I'm just making shit up now. The uh, something in there was like exploded in the brain. aneurysm. Something. Um, huh. 
I'm an iron worker. I'm, you know, 10 more years I could have been a doctor, but. <laughs> I'm a slow learner. 20 so. for me. <laughs> but but See, anyway, I, it made a, it, it was like a valid point. I right. was like, well, why? I mean, because I've shot a lot of moose in the lungs. Uh-huh. And, so. I've pondered about that because I've put bullets through hearts of critters and they mm-hmm. fall over dead. Yeah. And then I've put bullets through hearts and lungs of critters and they run off 40 50 yards yeah. i gotta drag them back what Definitely. the hell yeah the same species we talked about this sometimes yeah. like kid. i've seen videos like people like don't go back to like the oh six five creedmoor haters uh, you know like shut up temple but, hey um, i'm not hating on the okay, six five but, no I'm, but, but I'm, like okay. moaning about people but that you hate see on the yeah six okay five. all right never mind sorry we've talked about when i was a but kid. like you see the whole like Oh, I shot this deer and it ran around. I watched it run around for a minute and a half before it fell over, and it's got a hole the size of a fucking baseball through its lungs. It's like that thing is dead. You can't. That, yeah, you yeah. know, it's nothing. Yeah. The thirty out six would have done better. Yeah. We talked about when I was a kid. So I shot a deer that there was hardly any blood, and it ran off a long ways. And we started thinking like, typically with a little bit of snow, lung shot something, they're either going to fall right down. There's going to be blood sprayed everywhere, but. We decided, and then with upon further research, as I grew up older and stuff, that the deer was on an in-breath when it got shot, and it seizes up when it gets shot, and it just starts running. So it gets that extra yeah. push because it's got, you know, it's got air put into it. It's yep. going to go, whereas if it had been on an out-breath where it's emptied lungs, mm. it's got no juice. You know, even if it tries to suck it in, it's just yeah. blowing it out through holes on the sides of it. So even, you know, you're talking about a heartbeat and yeah. basically the same thing, but, you know, yeah. I'm just equating it with lungs mm. instead of the actual heart. Well, I don't see very good now, so I, I like to just, so they're not moving. I'm not going to start watching them inhale and exhale, but, <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, but, if, I, but if you shoot them in the brainstem, usually uh, they don't go anywhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty fun to watch. I remember when I bought my first 300, actually, I think my ex-girlfriend gave it to me for Christmas, but I put a... Uh, <laughs> which was dumb, a Leopold quick detach mount on it Oh, with this. Uh, and the reason I was doing it is because I like, when I'm hand loading, I like to put these giant scopes on yeah. to hand load. And then once I get a good load for the rifle, then I'll reload a thousand of them and put a whatever I want for a hunt right. scope back yeah. on. Yeah. But anyway, so I got this scope on and my buddy Bill's with us. and So every time we stop, I'm taking this scope off. And putting it back on, he says, you ain't going to be able to hit the broad side of a barn with that thing. And <laughs> and he's going on and on. And so we drive up. We're in Middle Flats back during when we had that winter hunt. And we come around the corner, and here's this bull moose. It's a, He shed his antlers, but I could tell by his neck he was a bull. He's standing on a beaver lodge at <laughs> the end of one mile slough. And I was like, that's a bull. And so I take that 300, and I put it over the windshield of my wide track, and Bill says, where are you going to shoot him? I says, right between the eyes. And I squeezed that trigger, and it was 25 below out, and that gas comes out of the end of that 300. It's got a, a boss muzzle brake on it, and it's just kind of like you were shooting a muzzle loader. Yeah. And then that moose's legs just folded up like this, and, I mean, just dropped straight down. Ooh. So we go over there, and Bill pulls out his tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> Measuring between the eyes, and he says, you're a half inch high and a half inch left. I told you that thing wasn't accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. 
man. But yeah, the headshots always I, the problem with the headshots. So as as fun as they are, because I like the accuracy part of it. I yeah. like to be yeah. in tune with my weapon, but you have to bleed that animal. If you don't cut its throat and pump those legs and run them legs, that meat is going to be so bloody, uh-huh. and I don't like that. So. No. So I don't think there's anything better than a good lung shot <laughs> so yeah. for that. But yeah, so no, it's a well, it's in interesting. The, the old like you know, Frank Glazer claimed a 220 Swift, and even with the shitty 48 grain bullets they yeah. had back in the day, said you know 220 Swift, a lung shot with a 220 Swift killed hoofed game quicker than anything you you know what it killed. But I don't think he talked about hitting a rib. Because if no. you hit a moose's rib with that 40-gram bullet. With those shitty ones, yeah. Maybe if you're shooting a barns or something. Yeah. You know. But, um, yeah. It, <laughs> so. But uh, 220 Swift on the small end. What's the biggest caliber you've whacked a moose with? 375. Yeah? Yeah. And I, that my 375 is probably one of my favorite rifles. Um, it's just, you know, people think it's such a big gun because they use it in Africa and they use it for brown bear. But you can shoot deer with it. You can, sh- I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. So it's just an old Winchester Model 70, so stainless. 300 grain Swift A-frames, all I shoot in it, so. Nice. I just got some uh, Lehigh, Lehigh Defense sent me some of their, they've got their, like, controlled chaos or whatever they call them, bullets. It's a solid copper. So is it like point. the... Extreme pennant? No, What's no. The... There, it's a, it's a designed to expand and, oh. and it, fre- like it, the the pedals front out. pedals pedals out and fractures. Oh, um, so you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the, the extreme. Yeah, because I've got I've like, got piles they look of those. Like a Phillips screwdriver. Yeah, yeah, and you talk about something impressive. So I shot a black bear with my 460 at about uh, from here to your 460 door, rolling. Four, yeah, 460 yeah. rolling, and it threw both shoulders. It dropped that black bear on the spot and exited. So I'm kind of excited, yeah. and uh, I seen the bullet hit on the backside. I didn't yeah. find it, but yep. um, I'm like, holy cow, that went right through it. And so when I did the <laughs> cut it open, I mean, it it did what a hollow point does. Yeah. I mean, the wound channel in that thing was. Well, Frank shot a black bear with that 4570 yeah. with those bullets. Extreme in penetrators. Bla- in uh, yeah. Black Hills. Yeah. Because they had, yeah, the penetrators and extreme defense ones are like. They're very similar bullet, but the flutes are a little deeper uh-huh. to produce those. It's that fluting that causes like the yeah, disruption of the wound cavity, which uh, <clears throat> you know, like uh, ten millimeter. So I had had because I know one of the guys at Lehigh had sent will send me bullets, and I'd had a bag of these one fifteen grain forties, and I've been loading like the one forties and one fifty extreme penetrators and extreme defense for the ten mil, and uh, I mean getting them cooking pretty good. And, uh, but I had these 115s. Well, at Shot Show, I was talking to, uh, Jeff Hoffman, who runs Black Hills Ammunition, and they have their, like, Honey Badger line, which is those, yeah. those bullets. Yep. And, uh, they, like, had introduced their 10 mil and they used the 115. I was like, oh, why, you know, why'd you go with that one? He's like, well, 1600 feet per second. And he showed me the gel photos, like, he emailed me the photos. It produces the exact same wound cavity and the same penetration as a 300-grain jacketed hollow point out of a 44 mag. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And a 240. I mean, yeah. the two, they're pretty close, but, yeah. like, 
the same exact wound cavity, even a little bigger than the 240. Like, yep. um, 50 cal muzzle loader. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> talk about a fucking wound. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, but you that, can't see what's up. happening. Yeah. You can't get a visual on it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, like, I don't know. I think people overthink the hunting bullets things, like maybe Definitely. stress out. Definitely. Like, just take, like, a good, a decent bullet that your rifle shoots well. There's lots of, like bonded bullets, even like just mechanically fastened bullets, like the you know SSTs or I like the core locks. The core locks, if you if they shoot all right for if you, they the, shoot for you. The yeah. core locked tip, I'm not going to say it, but it's very similar to a Hornady SST. Yeah, and yeah, I mean they the were, person in this room is uh, <laughs> you know, like you shoot a moose in the ribs with a 308, and they fall over. Yeah, and. Yeah. uh you know, like the horn, like a lot of people like to shit on the Hornady ELDXs. Um, like you hear, I've heard all these stories of them blowing up. I've killed a lot of shit with ELDXs yep. in 30 cal and 6.5, and I've never had one blow like they always do really well. I think the last yeah. box of 338 I got was the ELDXs, and they're it, even it, better in a 338 because they got a lot of weight to them. Yeah. 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 Like we've been, my in laws been shooting, have probably, well, I've shot, I shot one myself, but. Probably a dozen moose with a 338 Lapua with the 285 grain ELD ELD match bullets. Yeah, yep. And there's so much lead in those. They just have like a thinner jacket than the ELDXs, but there's so much lead in those. Like even at 200 yards, man, they're like perfect Uh mushroom. Um, So, no, like just, you know, I, I like any decent hunting ammo that shoots well in your gun. And it's the idiot behind the trigger that Mm. is like... 99 percent of it i've never been a really good shot when i was younger you know it's even with bow and arrow I, if when i shot my bow if if i could keep five out of six arrows in the pie plate that was i was happy you know and then when i moved up here and started shooting with some of these guys you know i wasn't shooting sights or anything and and then i start shooting with my buddy eric and he's shooting at 60 yards and you know just a tiny little group and shooting with a release and i'm like 60 with a yards. release on a traditional bow or no no he compound, was shooting compound okay. you know, and i was shooting a compound too but oh. i was shooting it with no sights and, and fingers oh that's how okay. i grew up still hanging at the house it's, it's yeah. still too big for me <laughs> <laughs> but, but it still works yeah <laughs> and then you know and then same with uh when we'd hunt back there um you know you just shoot at the target if you hit the target it wasn't the bullseye you know it i hit the target good enough and and then, like in North Dakota, most of our deer, it was drive, so everything was running. Mm-hmm. And I never was a good running shooter. So mm-hmm. um, when people think I'm a good shot, it's I'm not a good shot. I just know my range, know my weapon, and I wait for that animal to stop. I don't yeah. care if it goes out to 500 yards. If I know his range, there's no wind, and he stops, I can hit him with the range finder and whoop, let him have it. But that... Uh, that running shot, I'm just not very good at it. So. That was a big yeah, me. That like was a big thing shot. growing up, you know, calling as a teenager, calling, learning to call coyotes with my dad down uh-huh. in Colorado. It was one of our, like, when we actually started getting good at killing them, was like, you know, some guys will shoot them on, like, we, oh, like, man. always will let them stop. Yep. Hmm. And, yeah. and if you don't shoot at them when they're coming in, you can stop them. Yeah. You can bark them. You know, and they'll they'll go out there, and if they stop, give you a shot at three hundred yards. That's a cakewalk if you're on a rest. You yeah. Know? yeah. But tell us about shooting uh, ground squirrels with Jim Massick, because <laughs> from the the story I remember, Jim Massick helped you helped you 
tighten your groove. He did. So that same twenty two two fifty we were talking about, I bought that out in uh in Nome from a native guy and this thing didn't have a lick of bluing left on it. It was in the bottom of a boat. <laughs> the uh but it was a heavy barreled seven Remington seven hundred and it had this scope on it. I still have the scope. I can't remember what it was just some off the wall brand four to twelve power. But I was shooting a group, I don't know, five inches with it, and every ammo, every ammo I could find out there, and couldn't couldn't get it to group. And so Jim said it's it's shot out. Well, there's not a lot of people that shoot a rifle out. I mean, most uh, people just don't shoot enough to do it. No. That same twenty two two fifty is on our fourth barrel. <laughs> so, but anyway, Jr. don't have kids; he can shoot that much. But anyway, uh, it was the trigger. So Jim, yeah, you got you got juked there, and and that's uh, that's junk. And I was like, ain't no way it's. And so I took this thing all apart, and and it was a bull barrel, so I free floated the barrel, and you don't need to do that on a bull barrel. But I did that and, and started playing with the trigger. Well, you can adjust the trigger. So I start backing that trigger out to when you close the bolt, it would go, phew. <laughs> Tighten that up. And then, and then I shot a one-inch group. And so that a one-inch group to me was awesome. And uh-huh. a lot of people will tell you they can shoot the same hole. I sure can't. I'll put big money on it. All right. It. Every- mm. So this is, this is being my, you know, with my current job is it's unfolded. Like I've learned a lot and I've got to shoot a shitload yeah. of guns. A lot, like I go and just shoot at the range for hours, like yeah. several times a week. Kiss my ass, and uh, <laughs> get a different people job. don't I think don't their average hunting rifle. <laughs> hey, they think their average hunting rifle is more accurate than it is, and most people just like, and it's okay. Most people like it, it to shoot like a, especially like a five shot group of hunting rifle under an inch is. Most your average hunting rifle is pretty good. That's as good as I'm going to get. I took, most, so last most fall, is three. You can do yeah. three. Five, you're yeah. pushing it. So last year last year during hunting season was part of this deal because, you know, I'm I'm getting paid while I'm on it, like on Facebook, just riling, <laughs> riling people up. And uh, and so, like, me and me and my boss and coworkers came to this thing. It was like, what if we went, what if you, we went to the range, like, right before hunting season, Put up a sign or offered said I'll like I'll pay a hundred I'll pay you a hundred dollars if you can shoot a one inch five shot group. Yeah. So you should I do took, it every fall. I took a stack of hundred dollar bills, like <laughs> fifteen hundred dollars, down to South Cushman or Cushman Range. Big old sign behind where I was shooting. I was doing my thing. Said I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can shoot a one inch group. Not a single person even even tried. walked up to uh, you. They didn't ask. even one, try. One person asked like, "Is this like a bet?" Like I'm like, "Nope." You don't have to give me anything. Said so you're just betting your ammo Nobody against a $100 bill. Nobody tried. Are you Fuck, shitting I'll me? Try. Nobody fucking tried. Yeah, Fuck, I would have tried if I was blind. Fuck. <laughs> what? I mean, don't you, might get, you might get lucky. You know? Exactly. Every single bench on the entire range is full uh-huh. right before moose season. Oh, shit. You got to do this every year. <laughs> shit. I'll be there with my kids 243 and give this a shot. <laughs> but I ended up, uh, started shooting that and then did, I shot the barrel out of it. And then, but back then, shit was cheap, you know, you could reload all you wanted. And then I was back, I was into speed back then. Yeah. And speed's pretty cool, but it's hard on barrels. Yeah. So I started, and then that's when I met Ken Corcoran. Yeah. And I was wanting to go, I think I was on my first 
one and eight twist barrel. Or no, I was on my second one in ten twist barrel. Which all in just for a sec. Ken Corcoran was. I met Ken fifteen years ago. Like when I started shooting service rifle. That would have been way before that. Yeah. So yeah, you <laughs> I mean you know him longer than I did, but I you know. Got I mean, my, but yeah, got, but got was, my Springfield M1A, and Ken was yeah. like was a gunsmith at the Army Marksmanship Unit, and was a warrant officer here, and like would rebuild all of uh, Fort Richardson's, whoever stationed there. I remember him rebuilding all their M14s oh, yeah. when they were going to Afghanistan. Like, like the, the M14s, like a craftsman's rifle, uh-huh. and he was good at building them. So I'd brought, you know, and met him through the club, the, yeah. and. Yeah, I just remember him just tearing parts off mine. This is junk. This is junk. This is junk. <laughs> you know, and so like Ken Corcoran just is a. a so if I remember right, gunsmith. he got all Springfield's dies and stuff like that. I think so. Yeah, for yeah. their parts because he would make a lot of uh-huh. his own M- yeah. M14, hmm. M1A parts. Guy. But I ended up Scott College is the one that introduced me to him. So he barreled it the first time, and then when I wanted to start playing long range. Um, and going out to a thousand, I was wanting to do it in a three hundred because that was just my favorite rifle. And by then, price everything went up. Couldn't find yeah. powder, and and then the recoil of the three hundred. And Scott says, "You already got the rifle. We'll just rebarrel it." And I was like, "What?" And he says, "You're two fifty. I says, "You can't shoot that at a thousand yards. I mean, you can shoot it to a thousand, but you ain't gonna shoot no group." And he's like, "With a one and eight twist and an eighty grand match game, you will." Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. "Really?" Well, let's do this. So we got a 30-inch barrel on it with a, a muzzle brake on it. And the muzzle brake was on it on every one of the barrels except for the first one it came with. So you shoot it like a 22. You lay behind it. Don't touch the forearm. And just lay behind it and call your shots. At a 1,000 yard, I can watch my vapor trail and call my shot before my spotter. <laughs> it's pretty and there's no recoil because that yeah. break and it's just so so cool to shoot so hmm. but but it's heavy and it's not any fun it won't fit in a gun scabbard because i got this big old scope on it and um so you have to pack it with you which but. people and people like like to complain about a lot of these mo- you know like the modern cartridge design cartridges but stuff like these six millimeters that guys you know six creed or six yeah. gt some of these cartridges that guys are shoot like it's basically like that, just more refined Definitely, versions yeah. of like cartridges and like that competitive yep. PRC yep. stuff. I've never done, you know, I've never done any of actual competitive stuff, yeah. but like a lot of it's like calling your own, you know, you got to, sometimes you got to call your own shots. Uh-huh. And, but it took but, me a long time, you know, to walk that out to a thousand or yeah, to, to, from zero to a thousand when we were down in Greeley working, we'd go out to 1408 and they had that big watershed. So we made steel gongs and we'd go down there every chance we could and, you know, shoot hundreds and hundreds of rounds. And so I remember having everything on a tablet where we're laying down and, and I do everything off prone off a Harris bipod, nothing fancy. I mean, I didn't have not, all the fancy stuff. But I'd lay down behind that, and I had everything on a tablet. And I remember we, idiots, you can drive right down there. We walk. <laughs> down there. And when I come back, the wind picks up, and I watched all my papers go. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I mean, that was weeks of blueprinting that rifle. Oh and man! Oh, no, I'm still waiting for the squirrel hunting story. 
Where, what, which one was so that? The one, the one where you're aiming at the squirrel and Jim tells you to tells you what he's aiming at. See, I don't want to tell the story. I well, you're going to have to tell it because my memory's right, a little fine. bit shorter. Than my so <laughs> me, and, <laughs> me and Jr. were BS, and then him and him and Jim Massick were were somewhere shooting ground squirrels. Gnome, gnome, and Jr. is aiming at the squirrel, and Jim says, "Well, you're hitting a few of them, but you know how I'm hitting like nine out of ten or ten out of eleven or whatever. I'm aiming at the eye." Yeah. JR, aim at their yeah. eye. Yeah, he was a really good shot. Holy cow. But I felt kind of bad because we shot hundreds of them uh-huh. ground squirrels over the years and never ate one. Oh. And uh, we'd give some to the native ladies up there for making their, their coats and stuff. But then we were up north one time on the, the Chuka River, and I shot one with a twenty two pistol at 110 yards. <laughs> what Holy the hell? shit. Just shit house luck. <laughs> three magazines. <laughs> and I, he was up on this cliff, and I was shooting over him the whole time. And I was like, I cannot believe it. And I, I, I kept aiming higher and higher because I'm at 110. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm shooting mm-hmm. low. And, and then he's not even flinching. He's, you know, they stand up and whistle yeah. at you. He's doing that. And I'm like, oh, for crying out loud. So I just brought it down, put it right on the center of his chest, and I hit him right in the face. But anyway, it rolled all the way down the cliff right to the river's edge. And my brother-in-law was over there, and, and uh, he picks it up. He says, this thing's huge. And I was like, he says, do you ever eat them? And I was like, no, bring it over here. We'll eat it. And they were great. Yeah. I've heard oh, that they're good. Man, they were good. There was a couple of old native ladies back home that would cook up squirrel, but nobody younger than them yeah. did. It was they a shame. They were really good. I'm so. regretting it. There's yeah. a... Yeah. Yep. I'm going to have to find some and eat some. <laughs> Must be why a grizzly bear will spend like oh, yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a caloric <laughs> trait that don't make any sense. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I killed my first grizzly bear with a bow and arrow. With uh, that's what it was doing. It was digging Arctic ground squirrels, and I remember when it would pop out between his legs and take off running. He'd turn and run after it, and, and I remember tapping my partner on the shoulder, and I said, "Because we're only at about twenty-five yards," and I says, "I hope that squirrel don't run this way." <laughs> <laughs> was that a traditional bow? Or yeah, my bo- traditional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah, I ended up shooting it at ten yards with that recurve. So, Oof. <laughs> that's close, Jr. Chase. I'm a pretty good shot at ten yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. So I was gonna, uh, I was gonna ask you. I think it's today you researched some posts. I don't know. So you were guiding some October hunt and yeah. spent three oh, days yeah. in a snow cave. I don't know if I heard uh, that story before. So we had. Two clients that I think they were somebody else's clients that they didn't have caribou in their area. So they asked the outfitter that I was working for if we'd take them. And it was end of season. Everybody's flying out. And I don't have any kids or a wife. So I'm like, yeah, I can stay for another week. And and then one of the other guys, uh, Mike Knapp, he stayed too. And so we flew out to this new area that we'd never been new. in, in Unit uh, 17 down in the Wood Tick Chicks. And so they drop us off on this ridge and drop Mike and his hunter, Chris, off over at another one. And 
it was October, nice. I remember when we landed, there was a 65-inch bull moose on the ridge that we landed on. I'm like, hmm. And he says, do I need a moose tag? I says, moose season's over, buddy. And uh, <laughs> you can take pictures all you want. But anyway, the caribou just disappear. So oh, for three days, <laughs> three days, we're looking at caribou a long ways away. And I was like, well, if we want to get one, I guess we got to go over there. And this guy was kind of scared of bears. So as we come over this ridge, we had to go through this draw, and it was about 400 yards across this, this low draw. And I says, well, there'll be a caribou trail here someplace, or a game trail. Yeah. So we walk the edge until we find a trail going down into these alders. Well, these alders are like a big tunnel. Oh. And we walk through there, and we find three caribou kills. Oh, and I took my hunter was from Texas. I says, you know what's happening here, Mark? And he says, what? I said, "Uh, well, that grizzly bear is just laying in here. And when the caribou come through there, (laughs) (laughs) and he says, well, he wouldn't do that to us, would he? And I was like, well, not purposely, but by the time he realized you were in a caribou, it'd be probably too late. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so we get through there. And uh, get up to the, well, it's a false ridge. So there's, these caribou were two more ridges away. Oh. As we come over this ridge, there's a little another little valley, and here's this sow and cub. Oh. Sow and cub or sow and two cubs, I can't remember now. But down in the bottom, I was like, shit. And uh, so he's like, well, we better let her know we're here. And he he's just looks at me like, what? And I was like, well, we don't want to spook her. Yeah. Not with the cubs. So I yell at her, and I was like, hey, bear. And and uh she didn't hear me so i yelled a little louder and and uh <laughs> i remember that bear stood up on its hind feet and it looked at us and it's probably 300 and some yards away and it drops down to all fours and comes running right at us oh. you know they they only cover maybe 100 yards and, and then it stood up of course you know the cubs run behind mom they don't yep. know what to run right into her and she turns around and and I looked at Mark, and I was like, don't worry, Mark. I says, them bears are way more scared of us than we are of them. And he looks at me, and he says, straight faced. He says, JR, that must be one scared motherfucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I opened up my coat and yelled at her. And, and uh, of course, we've got the wind. So, But she took a couple more steps and then realized, okay, that's, and then just runs off. And I says, most people get chewed on by these because as hunters we're playing the wind we've got wind we're in camouflage you know yeah. and, and you spook them and most of the time when they, these bears get shot as dlp because they're charging they started shooting way too far anyway yeah they're just trying to see what you are so um i mean i've messed with them bears for a long time and the only one we ever had to shoot was in kodiak so the only bear i've ever had to shoot was black bear last well, year yeah. Me too. <laughs> we've, had, we've had a couple of. Uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway, so we shoot, or we get over to the caribou, and there is a line of bulls. And I'm going to say, I'm just making it up, but 10 to 15 bulls. And the, the first three on the right are all Boone and Crockett. I mean, these are giants. Nice. And they go down to the last one who's a nice bull, but nothing compared to any of the rest of them and i says all right you on him and he's like yep i says when he stops and i said okay there's there's your shot and boom and i'm looking at him and yeah he didn't even flinch huh i was like did you miss and he's like no i got him and i was like what 
and they're stretched stretched out over maybe a hundred yards. <laughs> Further than you where you can see where you're <laughs> <laughs> He said he's down. I'm like, what do you mean he's down? And oh, I look no. at him and I'm like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Shot the wrong one. Yep. I knew. As soon as you said the first one's for <laughs> and the last one was the only oh, one that was. I was like, I was oh, sick, I know where this is going. <laughs> but anyway, so we go process it. Well, I start looking around, and I can see Mark's camp over there, or Mike's camp. It's closer to our – we're closer to it than we are to our camp. I says, well, let's just pack this caribou over there. Mm-hmm. And so we pack it over there, and we can see this nasty cloud formation coming in, and the temperature's dropping. So we go talk to Mike and, and Chris and drop it off with him. And as we're talking, the wind picks up and it starts to sleet. Ugh. And we're probably four or five miles from my camp. And we start back towards camp. And as we're walking, it's blowing harder and harder oh. and harder. And we're walking with the wind, thank God. Yeah. And, uh, but the next morning, it, so it howled all night long, got intense. And then, you know, when you're in a tent, a tent's just shaking. Oh. And I always... I learned you dig into the alders tight, tie down tight, all your tie downs. And, and uh, anyway, the next morning I wake up and uh, there's snow about two feet up the tent and it's blowing hard. Snow's coming over the top of that Ugh. ridge and dropping on us. And so I spent all day digging snow away with uh, a fry pan. <laughs> and uh, wishing I had a shovel. Mm. <laughs> you lucky you had the fry pan. Yeah. <laughs> so the next morning I wake up, and it was the most eerie quiet you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, well, at least the wind stopped. So I get up, and you can, I mean, so quiet you can hear your heartbeat. And uh, so traditionally when I get out of a tent, I open up the inside. I always slap the outside to knock the dew off before I go out. And when I slapped it, it went thud. Oh. Mm-hmm. Huh. I reached down, grabbed that tent. Open, this is in a Eureka bomb shelter. Open that thing all the way up. It's just a wall of, wall, a wall of snow. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, shit. Mark said, what? And I pulled the fly back and I showed him. He's like, you shouldn't have showed me that. Was like, well, going to hide it from you? Right? <laughs> You're going to have to piss eventually. Anyways, <laughs> so that bomb shelter is big enough you can stand up. So I just punched through at the door right there, and I had snow about that deep, that, that Foot far yeah. over the tent. Jeez. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And he's like, what? And I says, well, if this tent collapses when we're in it, you're not getting out of it. So I opted to dig a snow cave in the front because it's still blowing. I mean, it's when we punch that hole through there, that snow's just ripping over that. Mm-hmm. And uh, wind's just howling, sound like a jet and uh, 60 mile an hour wind. Mm. But so I dug this tent or this cave out front of that tent and uh, big enough to bring our cots out. So, and then I've, I wasn't sure if you could suffocate in so that where, snow. where are you putting the snow with, that you're digging? So, I was throwing it outside that hole. Oh, but okay. The, what I learned was, now you're making a bigger dam, so the snow is just getting deeper above it. Uh-huh. Mm. So, I didn't like that option either. So, we spent two days in that, and I couldn't reach out there with my walking stick. I couldn't reach the top of that snow anymore. So, I was like, well, I'm going to dig down the hill until i get to the bottom of where it's drifting and so i dug a 30 foot tunnel (laughs) down the hill big enough just to put our sleeping pads in our sleeping bags 
And uh, holy shit! Yeah. So my <laughs> hunter, he's very religious. Where I'm not, and uh, he, he's. He's nervous. He's praying. You dug 30 and, feet from the tent with a fucking frying pan. I, no, I dug. No, I broke the frying pan. So, <laughs> so a stainless wash basin. Oh, you know, the stainless wash, like a bowl, basin, yeah. like that. Yeah. Wash basin. So that's what I ended up using. Oh, my um, God. But anyway, and so when I dug the tunnel there out from the tent, I shoveled all that snow into the tent. Oh, in the oh okay. instead of throwing it back up top. Right on. But I dug a uh, a little shitter off to the side by the tent, and I mean it was warm, so we're soaked to the bone. Oh, yeah, but we're warm. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but my hunter is, I mean, he's freaking out. <laughs> He is going crazy, and, and I was like, and I kept giving him a bunch of shit. That's just how I am. I was like, you know, I don't You're know. You're a shit giver, JR. Yeah. I says, I don't know what you did to piss off your God, but I'm getting <laughs> punished <go>. for this. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm guilty by association here. You're pretty good at taking shit, too, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It works out. But anyway, uh, he started to panic, and every time he thought he heard an airplane, he wanted to bust out of that. Mm-hmm. So I've only got about a foot of snow above us on our tent or on our tunnel right now. And I've got a little stick because I, I still think I can suffocate in there. Come to find out you can't. No. Um, but anyway, uh, I kept pulling that little stick out to let air in, and you could see it just whipping, whipping over still. But he kept thinking he, he heard a plane, and I was like, partner, if there's a plane out there right now, they're in way more problems than we are. <laughs> so, And he uh, says, and if you breach this tunnel and expose us to that. We're fucked. So yes. I says, I'm going to ask you one time real politely to wow. calm down or I'll knock you out. You're <laughs> not going to endanger me. We're going to get this. We're going to get through this and you're going to have one hell of a story to tell your friends and family. But if you breach this and put us in danger, we got troubles. Yeah. And uh, so he calmed down. And I mean, I was sleeping for 18 hours at a time. I mean, I just got done with 65 days of guiding. Yeah. Now, now I get to you got sleep oh, to catch yeah, up that's, on. That's yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. But probably then, pretty warm. Probably pretty oh, yeah. warm too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so the sleeping bag I had was a thirty below bag, um, and I ruined it because of that. So it was of how moist it was. It's it soaked and it uh, it's Compressed. never came back. So yeah. now it's just an everyday bag. You know, it's not the thirty thirty below bag. But but yeah, it was pretty good. And then uh, so we spent three days without ever surfacing never just look through the hole in the who had to dig the shitter tunnel i did (laughs) he's the guy but then uh then the so it would have been the fourth night in the k or in the tunnel um or fourth morning i went back to the shitter and i had little stair steps dug where we were throwing the snow out (laughs) and uh and so i dug that out and stuck my stick up through there, and it was the most beautiful blue sky you've yeah, ever seen uh-huh. in your life. And so I breached bear coming out of the den. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I says, Mark, you're going to want to see this. And so we threw <clears throat> through the stove and stuff out of there. We started making coffee, and, and I don't think we were out of the den for two hours, and the Super Cubs came in and got us. Oh. And uh, so I ran down the ridge that we were on, and, and just where we were at, the wind had blown off, so the snow was only about three, four inches deep on that that, that saddle. Yeah. And so they were. I, I ran down it to make sure, and uh, and then they landed the cubs right on it. Holy <laughs> shit! 
But yeah, he told me he said oh, I'll never come back to Alaska again ever. And if I have to, I'm going to call you. You're going to be my guide. <laughs> so he gave me a two hundred dollar tip. Nice. <laughs> that was Thank when two hundred bucks meant something. Well, I thought <laughs> maybe life, not I, enough. Hey, hey, I thought his life was worth a little more, <laughs> more than two hundred bucks. Oh, <laughs> well, you think guys getting twitchy, getting weathered in at the at the lodge was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah. to see people's like i don't know whether you call it paranoia or what like just as soon as people like grown men don't have control over a situation a lot of people just come unglued well and and you know a lot of people <clears throat> talk about that you know and they go into the military or whatever you don't know how you're gonna react you can be as tough as you think you are and and you you can talk as tough as you are but when yeah. it comes right down to it yeah. You don't know who you are until you're put in that position. Mm-hmm. So if you're mad enough to step up and handle it, or if you're going to panic, yeah. I mean, and, and you're not in control of that. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's who you are. So, yeah. but and I just talked to him last year. So yeah, yeah. But has he come back? No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. How about that grizzly you played Ring Around the Rosie with? Which one? Oh, Jesus. Well, the one I'm thinking of is on the pipeline. Oh. So, yeah. So, first animal I ever wounded in my life with a bow and arrow. Oh. I was Shit, proud. I'm sorry, I asked yeah. now. But I was proud of myself for all them years. But that is knowing your yardage, not taking running shots, not taking, you know, just as a bow hunter, I was able to accept going home, eating tag soup. Mm-hmm. I, I just love the hunt. That's why I love to hunt with the bow and arrow. And uh, but anyway, I was shooting a recurve, and I wanted to be one of Cabela's testers. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! And so I was shooting some of their broadheads. Because didn't they didn't they have like where you could send in pictures? Oh and yeah! Some like yeah. That was that was making it when I. Oh you know. yeah! <laughs> you get the Cabela's book. It's like this oh, big. Yeah. You're like yeah. whose pictures in here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I yeah the Cabela's that. Bible. Oh. Yep. <laughs> But anyway, so I got my recurve, and I was shooting a 68-pound bobbly and uh, aluminum arrows with this. It looked like the old Thunderheads, but it was Cabela's. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember drooling over those broadheads when yeah. I was a kid. So yeah. anyway, I have a buddy of mine with me from Kodiak, and he's never been up there. So I leave him in the truck, and we spot the grizzly bear, and I sneak down on it. And get he's supposed to be videoing. Well, evidently we we got out of the picture, and mm. the bear comes in perfect at eighteen yards, and he's quartering by me, and I draw back and perfect behind the shoulder, and comes in there, it hits that rib, and you hear this whack, oh. and that arrow spins around, and that fletching hits him right in the face and drops to the ground. Damn! Oh, and I'm like, what the hell? Sixty-eight pounds, and I hit a rib. And anyway, so he runs off and, and uh, you know, does that kind of look back like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And I walk over there and there's a little bit of blood and I pick up the arrow and the broadhead is broke right off at the ferrule. Oh, what the hell? Hmm. Never even got through the rib. Yeah. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I walk back up and get Tim and we track this bear for <laughs> about a mile and a half out across the river, do a loop, come back to the truck. 
And the bear did a big circle, crossed in front of the truck, and took a shit in the road about 30 <laughs> yards in front of my truck. <laughs> oh my but dummy keeps following it, so I leave Tim, and I chase it for another, I don't know, mile or two and realize, okay, he is not hurt. There's no more blood. Yeah. And uh, so we drive home, and, and I'm pretty sick because I never wounded an animal in my life and uh, with the bow, and... Uh, pretty shook up about it so i decided i'm going to go back up there and hunt it again and so i know he's going to be in the same area digging pea vine and i was looking and looking couldn't find him and and one of alieska's security guards stopped and, what are you doing i says oh, i'm bear hunting he's like oh there's a big grizz that just crossed river right back here i was like oh really thank you off i go go down there run down to where he said he crossed and sure shit here's fresh tracks water you know yeah. across the water mm -hmm. so there's up across the rocks and i run up on the five line and look and oh there he is down the five line about i don't know quarter mile digging pea vine so i decide i'm going to self video this and i get the video camera on the tripod and i stock into about i don't know 50 or 60 yards and he's right under the pipeline and the pipeline's pretty low oh. and uh so the not only the vsms are good cover but the beam that's oh, the cross beam. Yeah. So, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, I mean, they're from this high, they go down to this high. Uh. And uh, so anyway, I set the video camera up on this curve where all this is going to happen, I believe, and uh, take off. And I just use VSM to VSM. They're 20 yards apart. And so I just get to them, bloop, 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 get over, bloop, bloop, bloop. Okay, there he is. So... I decide I got to get across to the other side for some reason. I'm not, don't remember why, but anyway, the beam's pretty low. So I get behind that beam and I get over there. I'm heart's beating. So since I was a little kid, anytime I stock, when I go in on the stock, the final stock, I got to pee. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, even when I guide. Yeah. So I, I got to pee. So I'm like, Oh man, now I'm, I pee in front of the video camera? <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of weird. So I pee on the VSM. And I peek around the corner, around that VSM, and I don't see the bear. So I sneak to the next VSM. and Where'd the bear go? Oh, no. So I step around that VSM and look like this. And I think, well, that's weird. Oh, and then I look. He was just feet on the other side of that beam. Oh, this is this is how my mentality thinks. He was close enough; I could have poked him with the arrow. Jesus! Wow! And I was like, "Oh, you're an idiot! You're an idiot. now I'm in a panic." <laughs> so I knocked the arrow, and I got a 44 Red Hawk that I carry on a cross draw. And uh, so when I drop my pack, I still have it on. Yeah, and. Uh, so I'm like, oh, shit. Well, bears have a sixth sense like no other animal that yeah, I've been around. And uh, so even if you've got the wind, if you get in their space. Mm -hmm. Their bubble, yeah. They know it. And this one was kind of acting weird. But anyway, he would not look at me. And so I have to step out. To You know, the VSM's right here. The beam runs here. He's right there. I have to step out totally in the open yeah. to come around to get this shot. Well, you don't really want to get this shot because now you're inside that space. Yeah. And so I start slowing down my, th my thought process. And so he starts backing out into the right-of-way. 
and just turns around and then he <laughs> so when i peek around the vsm again now he's out on the right away facing me and he's at about uh, i'm gonna say four for 30 40 feet uh, he wasn't 40 feet and uh but anyway so my he and he's now he's looked at me oh and he's got his head down, and he's chewing on a pea vine, but he's looking up at me like that. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I says, here's what's going to happen. He's going to bluff charge me. He's going to just pick his head up. He's going to pop his jaw and make two short jumps at me. I'm going to draw that recurve. I'm going to send one right under his chin, throw the bow, pull the 44. <laughs> and so this, is, this, this went through the head really quick. Really quick. And when I look at him, I see his claws go like a cat's. And he went like this and dug in, and then he launched off his front feet and just jumped straight up like that. And I wasn't ready for that. So when I come to full draw, I shot right under his nutsack. Oh, <laughs> Through shit. the bow, he come running right at me, and that VSM was three feet away from me. He ran between me and the VSM. I had the forty-four Ooh. pulled, caught, and didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> Holy and, shit. And it, it happened so fast. Yeah. Anyway, he ran... Uh, I don't know, he must have run 20 yards, and uh, then he spun around and started woofing and pawing gravel at me like this, and so I calmed down, I took a deep breath, and I was like, all right, if you want to come back, I'm ready for you this time. <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't he, he went by me so fast, I didn't pull the trigger, and I'm yeah. glad I didn't pull the trigger, truthfully. Well, with the revolver well, right there. Well, I mean, yeah. if, if I would have pulled the trigger, hit him or not, he would have probably would have changed the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So, so yeah. I'm glad I didn't. And, uh, but yeah, he pawed some gravel at me and then ran off. And and uh, so I'm like, oh, I went and picked the arrow up. No, the uh, broadheads broke off, but no, uh, no blood on it. So I put it back in. I start walking back. I was like, oh, the video camera. Oh. <laughs> oh, so no. I run over. I get the video camera and it's on. So I shut it off and and put it in my pack. And I got. I don't know, not quite a half mile walk to the truck, and and I start walking, and all of a sudden I got an adrenaline dump, and it's oh. the first time I've ever had it. So my legs went to noodles, and I was like a newborn giraffe. <laughs> I could not walk; I, I just fall right down. On, so I was like, "What the? What's going on?" Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty fun. So <laughs> yeah, this one's the first one I ever. The, the only. I think it's the only bear I've ever wounded and lost. You FedEx broke the tip off, but I shot that through a grizzly bear, like, and it was just a bum shot, just a little bit low, armpitted him. D didn't you reuse it after that shot? Well, though? I was going to. I was. I shot. I shot the bear. I killed with the stone point was my other. Oh, I had okay. three arrows. I killed a black bear with the first one, and he busted. That's that oh. arrow, and. uh God, then I shot a... that through a grizzly bear, just armpitted him, and it didn't even kill him. Huh. Um, that is a beautiful tamarack, just, right? No, that's like some fancy. It's oh, like it's red, so some kind of red hardwood compared to my fucking dowels. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, well, been part, for part of his for part of his story, I had. Uh, well, I mean, it was still had gone through a grizzly bear and he yeah. goes, I got it on video, he goes running off, banging the arrow and the brush pulled it the rest of the way through. But, uh, 
you know, I had it in the quiver, but um, I got pictures of it with that uh-huh. I'd send it off for photography, like for part of the story. And FedEx on the way back looked like they decided to drive uh. over the tube with a forklift. I never get. I had it insured for like fifteen hundred bucks, and I never did see a dime of that money. Huh. The government must, government must keep that million dollars because yeah. I've never seen it <laughs> any of that million dollars. But uh, <clears throat> no, those stone points, man, they they fuck some stuff up, man. Yeah. That black bear, I still remember because that was like the test case. Oh yeah. Um, Nick was with me, and yeah. this bear, black bear, came in. I was just going to shoot the first bear that came in just to like see how these things do because I had three points and. Too, you know, I didn't want to shoot him into practice, so I just ma- like matched up as best I could weight steelheads. Yeah. And uh, these ones, they sh- they shoot a little bit low. Huh. Out of three shots I've shot with them, they all yep. they seem to just shoot a little bit low. But Black Bear came in, and he was real spooky, like first bear of the season last week of May. And he'd run off, and every time he'd come in, where he looked like smaller. And... Uh, shot him ran off and it was like it was a bloodbath that thing just he had you know run 50 yards and then there was like a solid you know three four foot diameter circle of just solid blood basically then he was dead and that was at the time i think it was the biggest black bear ever killed with a bow huh. it was like se- right at seven foot i think oh wow but uh i've still never anyway. killed a big black bear I managed to get a few of them in the re- like been getting some decent ones in the last few years, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, nothing crazy skull size. I mean, uh-huh. the biggest the biggest black bear I've ever killed still will be in the interior, and probably the biggest one I'll ever get was when I was eighteen. Didn't even know what I had yep. twenty you know twenty one inch skull oh, wow. squared right at eight foot like four hundred yards off the Parks Highway, <laughs> you know, huh. um, just a fluke, yeah. but. You got any good grouse recurve hunting stories, Jr.? Yeah, out there at. Uh, don't, you uh, don't need to be spot busting. Uh, uh, out, out by Blair Lakes, we used to fly in over there to a buddy of mine's moose camp after season, uh-huh. and you could get sharp tails and spruce heads, and and uh, once in a while you'd get a roughy. Oh, uh, roughies are my favorite yeah, to eat. Yeah, I'll shoot every damn one of them. But <laughs> roughies are my favorite to eat. <laughs> yeah, and then when I used to work down in Delta. I never did get the the trio down there with the bow in one day, but mm-hmm. I got two species multiple days. I got them all, but never all three in one one day. But yeah, mm-hmm. grouse hunting used to be awesome down there. So yeah. I remember one time down there, we'd been we had like one of them outfits where you could buy a bl- you know a day in a blind yeah. down there. Those pit blinds hunting geese Ooh. with my dad and uncles and. We'd shot some birds, and lunchtime, things had slowed down. So, oh, let's go drive around and do this and that. And some field, oh, there's a couple, gra- you know, sharp tails on the side of the road and get out and flush two or three up. And I remember shooting one, and then it's like the entire field. Oh, like, yeah. Just hundreds yeah. of them. Just, oh, I didn't. I don't think I hit a single one. Yeah. <laughs> just, boom, 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 boom. Sky busting at that point. But I actually seen a few on the trap line this year, too. It's been a couple of years since I've seen grouse. Yeah. So seen some Sharpies. I've just recently got into shooting Sharpies. Yeah, like he was. Quite a few <laughs> of them. The first day, you're like, I don't want to wait up to my chest to get this bird. Oh, so I started waiting until they were just right on. I'd see one of them. And I was like, okay, that's close to the sled trail. <laughs> Shoot that one. I only I can reach out off my trail because yeah. I didn't have snowshoes with <laughs> yeah. me. I can reach out and yeah. get that one. Or I can get a ski pole or something and, like, pull it back to me. 
And then it was like we got it going. We were like shooting a lot of them. It was they're so good eating. Oh, and they're huge. Oh my god, they're big. <laughs> yeah, well, they're the- so good to eat. It's like mind blowing to me how good I I like. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, moose hunting, you could almost if you had a shotgun, you could like shoot them coming off the flybys, shooting them coming off the roost every oh, morning. What's cool about shooting them in in you know towards the end of the season in the winter is you see one or two of them, and you shoot one. And then it's just like, oh yeah, they just start coming. There'll be like thirty of them together, but they're yeah. all under the snow. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> just so cool. They're beautiful birds oh, too. Man, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Mine get kind of spoiled because I didn't shoot them for a long time, and I was like, well, if you guys start treeing with other people coming by, they're not going to be as friendly as me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh. Well, I still, I still remember the, well, it was Ptarmigan, but I remember running, running my Martin line years ago. The first time you had, had like, Ptarmigan blow out of the snow in your trail right oh, yeah. in front of you. That's and a, give you a that's fucking a heart attack. Yeah. Ooh, um, that's yeah. a start. Yeah. I seen Massett catch one one time when we were coming. I was riding a fold-a-sled behind him, and we were going back up to Murphy Dome. We'd ferried a snow machine. I rode it down for him, and then he's giving me a ride back. And in the headlight. We're coming up there, and he's <laughs> ptarmigan come right at him, and Jim just goes, boop. <laughs> he just grabs yeah. Yeah. Just like every day. Yeah. Uh, Dinner. <laughs> didn't he have some writer come, some magazine writer come out, got trapping with him one year when they were real high? And uh, he caught an ungodly number of links. Oh, no, he had uh, a guy from uh, Steve. Uh, he's from either michigan or wisconsin sorry i can't say your last name steve couldn't remember it that's all right. but anyway he he come out there and they had one of them 40 or 50 blows for like three or four weeks Ugh. and uh before he got there so jim hadn't been out on the line and, and he gets out the next day they go check line and jim's got like 35 links nice. <laughs> it's like this all the time yeah so then, yeah, so then they come home and, and uh He's skinning some and, and then hangs up, hangs them in the cabin to start thawing them out. And then the next day they go out, they got like 35 and <laughs> and uh, three days in a row. Oh. So, and the oh, guy, Jim's, shit. he asked Jim, is it like this every day? And Jim's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't t- he didn't tell him he had to check, you know, for four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then with Jim, I mean, it's kind of funny because you'll hear a lot of guys talk about how hard they work on their trap lines. And they think yeah. they do. Jim does 100 miles every day. Every day. And he's always got fur to skin. He's got fur hanging. So you'll go run till dark, come back, skin till 10 to midnight, whatever, and then get up at 6, 7, go out, do it again, and do this every day. Mm-hmm. And it ain't no fun. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a very good trapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, I think crazy. you're. I think you're a lot better than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. What's the biggest wolf you've caught? 126 you pounds. Whoa! Ironic. That's it. interesting because that's. I love how you that you weigh them and like. That, yeah, that's yeah. It, like it's nice for. It's kind of like like rifles shooting groups, like a lot of these yeah. different things. Like there's not many people. People like to run. People will flap their gums about it, but they don't. 
But there's no really like nobody actually yeah. hanging the things up. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And it's like that's pretty cool. Like pretty much all because pretty much all the wolves you catch, you weigh them. I, and... I've weighed. I think every one that I've ever caught or shot, except for that big white one. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember that and, one. Yeah, and I think if I caught one bigger than 126, it was him. That yeah. Um, but I remember uh, I threw it around like it was. A pup, but I was so adrenalized. Yeah. It, it was so hot. And it was actually the only wolf I caught that year. That was no shit. Because was that the very first? Because when I went out with you, was that the, I don't know if that was the second year you had your cabin or second or third year. I think it was pretty fresh. But yeah, I rem- I, I remember yeah. pictures of that yeah. big white wolf. That thing yeah, was nuts. Just, just pride and joy. And and he was supposed to he was supposed to have a blue female was his mate, but. I never did catch her, and I never did catch another wolf or even see another wolf that resembled him, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, he was beautiful. So, but, yeah, I I pretty much weigh all my cats, all my coyotes, all my wolves, all my wolverine, yeah. um, and write them down, you know, just so I yeah. can look back. And, well, so you put a lot of it in your videos, too, which is documented yeah, there as well, which yeah, is really yeah. nice. And that's, you know, when I did my <clears throat> seminars down in Montana and Idaho, you know, and talking to them guys, and, and you always see these 150, 170, 200-pound yeah. wolves. And I was like, yeah. have you guys ever really put it on a scale? Right. I mean, I, I've weighed my f- fair share of wolves, and and uh, I know Massacas and Dean Wilson and um, – you know, hundreds, hundreds of wolves, and none of them weigh that. Well, no. it's it's interesting <laughs> too, you know, because the and I, I mean, I haven't caught that many of them, but I've uh, the biggest one I've ever weighed was 126 pounds yeah. too, and that was a fucking monster. Oh yeah, um, full belly or well, I don't know. Ironically, so this this is a funny story. It was a blue one that a guy Jimmy I know found. Like, just had gone, like, predator calling down in, like, the panoramic fields or something down in Delta. And had been calling, saw these ravens flocking around, walk over there. There's a dead wolf there, like, ravens pecking on it. (laughs) Like, I mean, no no shit, like, just a weird story. You know, I don't know if, I couldn't find, if like, a bullet hole on him or anything. As soon as he sent me, I asked, he had texted me, oh, I found, you know, you know, this wolf, I, or hey, I can't remember how it went. Maybe the I Ravens. saw a picture carrying one out. I was like, oh, you got one. Huh? He's like, I found it. I was like, what? Or something like, or I texted, how'd you do today? I knew he was going to text me. Because then I was like, well, what color is it? He's like, well, I don't really know. I was like, oh, sh-. it's like, it's probably a blue one. <laughs> and so he texted me. I was like, bring that thing over to the shop. And I was skinning wolves at my uncle's shop at yeah. the time. I was like, bring him over to the shop. We'll get him taken care of. Like, if it's been dead for a while, like, who knows what kind of condition. And it was like it was on the edge, yeah, yeah. but I, I I don't know I need I ought to give Did him. Did the a call. Ravens hurt it? They pecked in a couple holes, which that's another like interesting sidebar. Like I know maybe it was Jesse that was trapping down in the Alaska Range that had had some, and it's like the Ravens only ever messed with the black wolves huh. in his snares, but or but it seemed like most of the time they don't they don't want nothing to do with them. I don't know, huh? Um, Interesting. I'm just running my mouth, but no, like after, you know, skinning for Wivota for all the mirrors. Yeah. Um, I mean, several hundred wolves and like, yeah, the biggest, <laughs> biggest one I ever, ever saw was that one that yeah. he. Yeah. And then I've caught, uh, I think the smallest I've caught was like, uh, 63 pound pups. Yeah. So, 
Um, but then again, I've caught pups that were ninety pounds. Too. Yeah. So, how uh, can you tell a pup from a? They got that woolly look. Uh, the the pups will have, um, like a really woolly under fur. Their guard hairs aren't. Their teeth aren't all the yeah, way ruptured yet. The teeth and then their their joints. They'll have giant feet. Yeah. They grow into oh, just okay. like a puppy dog does. Yeah, you know? mm. yeah, that's what uh, I looked like when I was twelve or thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> like my grandpa would call me clumsy bastard feet. <laughs> yeah, grow into them. My grandpa had a couple nicknames for me, but yeah. clumsy bastard feet wasn't my one. Yeah. Shit, till I was fourteen, I thought I was goddamn it. <laughs> no, I'm goddamn it. He's little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like your kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all answered it, damn it. Those bastards. Oh, but yeah, I had a guy this year say he caught a 52 pound Wolverine. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man. That'd be a big damn Wolverine. Wow. <laughs> Fucking so, scary Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I caught three kits. Um, so, kits of the year. Um, one last year and then two this year. And I never, in all the years I've been trapping, that's the first time I'd ever caught a, a kit. Wolverine huh. kits, yeah. huh? No shit. Yeah. I've always caught adults, and uh, boy, they don't act anything like. Really? Timid? Yeah. Yeah. Like the female, I was, I had got to talk with Audrey McGowan at the Trapper's Fling, and then we just watched one of her videos here the other day, but I was telling her that. Uh, I actually thought about releasing that little female. She mm. was 17 pounds. and uh, Think you could have handled her? Well, I think I could have, but yeah. I've always thought I could handle my girlfriends, too. <laughs> but <laughs> but they, uh, she was scared of the trap. She wouldn't even look at it. Uh-huh. And she didn't chew nothing up, caught her in a cat cat, uh, cat set in a number three, and she, she was just scared of it. She'd look at me, but she would not look at her foot. No shit. And uh, so old <clears throat> dumbass forgot his camera. It was a super cold day. So I climb under, and it's under a spruce tree, so the big old wide canopy. Yeah. And so I crawl right down underneath there, and I'm taking pictures for me to Frank away from her, you know. And I look, and all the chain's just right there. She oh, didn't even shit. pull out the chain? I'm like, oh, oh man. shit. Yeah. So I back up. <laughs> but I was just laying right down there with her within, you know, two and a half feet. Like and, uh, if she oh, I was wanted screwed. to take, your I'm not place. near as quick as I think I am Woo! either. But oh, anyway, man. so and and I was like, God, I could probably just throw my coat over her and just release that trap. And then I was like, she could probably shred my coat in seconds when if she, she wanted. Yeah. yeah. So I said, I'm just gonna shoot her. So, and then this year I caught two males. I I'm pretty sure they were siblings, but uh, <laughs> I caught them and they were. Uh, 23 and 24 pounds yeah that's pretty small so, for males yeah and that's it's, it's, it's interesting because i like I, I don't i mean i peeled quite a few yeah. of them too and i don't i can't recall ever cat skin having to skin wolverines that were like obviously real young ones yeah so and i mean the demeanor that they have in the trap they actually hide yeah huh. um so the one three different people call me that were going out on the trap line and say, hey, you got a wolverine in a trap at Montana Creek. And I said, well, did you dispatch it? No. Thank you. And so I drive all the way out. Three guys drive by this. So dispatching other people's catches. 
Are these so, people you know well enough that they should should have just done it? Definitely. Yeah. You know? Okay. But to me, okay, here's the way I look at this. So it's illegal for you to for, for me to screw first. with someone else's cat. At the same time, especially with a wolf or a wolverine, I would rather have Joe Blow coming down the trail, dispatch my animal, and hang it up in a tree than me not get back out there for two days and it gets 40 below and he freezes his foot off or the Wolverine shoes his foot off and now he don't have nothing. Yeah. So okay. you got to think about it that way. Right. Yeah. So you don't get to take your picture, but... But you got... You got your you you got fur. So, yeah. And then, so these, the guys that I know out there, I tell them, yeah, if you see something on the way in or out, whatever, whichever direction you're going, if you're coming out, bring it to town with you. If you're going in, hang it up my cabin. You're going right by it. But, yeah, they never do. <laughs> so, but, yeah, but uh, the, the pup, that, that last male there, he was, he dug a little hole. And when I come up there, he was sitting there like this. Just Paws under me. his chin. And huh. so I grabbed the camera and took his, is you going to let me take some pictures? And I took a bunch of pictures of him up close and I decided I'm going to choke him out. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to suggest this to my house. Is gonna say. The, also, huh. knocking him with like a birch pole, not a good idea either. I think I could have <laughs> knocked this one with a birch pole really I mean, easy. I've done it, but it's, they yeah. can sometimes wake back up after yeah. you hold so, them. <laughs> I I don't well if you've seen my videos you've seen me choke out the links hmm. so I got the same choke pole and I was like well and so my whole theory when I'm trapping Wolverine and I do it with links too is when I anchor that trap if I'm going around a tree I don't want that Wolverine to hook up on anything around I don't want any entanglement I want yeah. him to just do a perpetual circle round and round and as long as he's moving he's going somewhere. He doesn't think about chewing on that foot. Right. As soon as he winds up on something and, and runs out of chain, now what's this? Staring right at his it. foot. So, yeah. But if they can make a circle, they're just going to keep going. They think they're going somewhere. No shit. So, but anyway, That's so the problem with this hot is. tip right there. Yeah. <clears throat> the problem, so when I did this, there's two trees, and they were about this far apart. So two birch trees. So I just put a chain extension on it and went around both of them. Oh, so it could go around these trees, okay. and uh, so well, well, how are you gonna how are you gonna wrap this thing up so you can put the snare on it, the choke pole? And so I had to herd him between the tree. Oh, so he so tightened, the, and then yeah. he he ran out of chain, and then I just put the snare pole over him and whew, took a deep breath and took off running backwards and hit the end of that choke pole and picked him right off the ground, and I felt his soul come up that one-eighth inch cable and start pulling at mine. (laughs) I mean, powerful. For a 24-pound animal, I've got him off the ground with that choke pull. And I'm like, oh, man, this ain't... And it's perfect. It's right behind its head. And uh, I'm like, and so I'm pulling so hard... I've went all the way down in three and a half foot of snow to the ground, and I'm pulling my feet towards him. Oh, so shit, man. So I'm, I'm starting to loosen up, you know, because I'm getting closer to him. And he goes, <gasps> oh, like, oh, really? Really? Time to start over. And so, <laughs> and it seemed like a half hour, but it was probably two minutes. Yeah. Versus a cat, it's seconds. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm like, so, and... It's something I wouldn't do again. Yeah. And so I, I talked to uh, Dave Russ, 
He's and, he's uh, done that with a oh, Wolverine or two. So I he? call him up, and and uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge, and it's it's fun to talk to him. And but so <laughs> I asked, I tell him what happened, and I says, "Have you ever had to do that?" And he says, "Oh yeah, one time he went out and." The first thing he had in a trap was a wolf or something, and he, he always shot a lever-action Henry uh, twenty two Magnum. And the casing explodes in the chamber. Oh. So he can't get the casing out. Mm. So instead of turning around, he's like, well, I'm just going to keep on going. He catches four Wolverine. Oh. Uh, he chokes out four, four Wolverine. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but, yeah, there, there's something else. So he shared a story on on the forum about a wolverine he was choking out and it slipped out of the trap so now he's got a free range wolverine at the end of his cat dispatch and snare <laughs> so can you so, do this with it so yeah, you'd want to <laughs> i i feel funny telling his story but he shared it so i'm gonna so he's he's got this freaking tornado tasmanian oh, yeah. devil on the end of a cat dispatch snare and he's running away and pulling oh, and yeah. running away and pulling and somehow he he gets it he maneuvers the thing like plays ring around the rosy on his snow machine and gets it pinned to where its body is under the the a arms of his okay, uh, yeah. expedition yep. and he's able to yank it up tight and it stayed planted under the a arms of that expedition yeah and he was able to put it out that way uh, yeah so i used to shoot everything and a lot of guys if you're not running any distance on a trap line you don't have to worry about it. But if you're running any distance and you've got some hot animals in your sled that you've shot, they're going to bleed. Yeah. And that blood's going to get forced out of, out of, if there's two holes, it's going to come out of both holes and it's going to get on everything. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it, you know, can freeze your hair to stop. Oh, yeah. It's just and a most pain like, in the ass. And most like, you're killing these critters, like, for their fur. And if you, uh, I mean, a lot of people, long story short, a lot of people, like, damage stuff after oh they killed it yep. and while they're yeah. transporting yeah. it but so and then jim says oh you just thump them cats on the nose or choke them out or whatever and so i carry the old east wing and smack them on the nose and so <laughs> that's getting awful close to a cat well, the length of an east wing seen them cats they're they're pretty, uh, pretty. I had I had one big tom come at me, and I ever yeah since once then, in a while. I, 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 but anyway, I thought the same thing. A, a giant cat, thirty four pounds, smack him in the beak, tip him over, take him out of the trap, and then I decide to grab him by his back feet, step on his chest, stretch him up, suffocate him. Well, he was bigger than I expected. <laughs> I'm not a very big you guy. You couldn't reach up. So I enough. was running out of boom. And so you don't have much power when you get over your shoulders. Mm -mm. And so I got him about up here, and I'm stepping on his chest. And all of a sudden, he goes, and I feel them big legs go, oh, no. And I'm like, whoa. So mm. I pull as hard as I could, and I look down, and his eyes are wide open, and he's looking up at me under my bunny boot. Oh, no. And I drop my east wing. It's over here. <laughs> I'm going like this. <laughs> Shit. So I got, you know how big their feet are? Yeah. Their legs went Huge. on a big top. So I'm trying to hold it in both hands and a glove, both feet. Oh. And when I reach down for that axe, I let off enough pressure. That cat turns around. He climbs up my leg right here. 
And when it's all said and done, I'm not wearing my refrigerator bibs anymore. <laughs> but, and so I made sure, but I'm swinging with my left hand. And oh. I can't wipe my ass with it. <laughs> so, and I make sure I've got the, the, the head, not the axe, the, the, the hammer. Yeah. And I go to beating on that thing and finally hit him in the, and cave its skull in. But when I was done, I wasn't wearing my, my bibs. <laughs> he had them all pulled down around oh, my bunny boots. And I'm geez. like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> we're back oh. to shooting. Oh. And then I built the snare pole. Everybody down south, you know, I watched them guys release mountain lions and and with the with the snare with pole the and, dog pound catch pole yeah and i was like uh, i'm gonna try that and i i just made one out of an eighth inch cable and uh, it works so good i mm. i just used that 16 gauge trap and wire and make a noose yeah for the, for the cats so and then i started leaving the <laughs> i had a cat come back to life in my fur bag oh geez. and uh so <laughs> i'm resetting a trap and i kept hearing something i'm like what the hell was that I, so I don't hear out of my left ear anymore. So I, I got to do four or five circles so I can hear with my right, see where it's coming from. And I walk over to my snow machine and, and my big red fur bag moves. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I grab, grab my east wing there and I go over there. And I'm like, okay, where's its head? <laughs> okay. So now I leave the choke pole on put it in the bag until i need the choke pole again <laughs> you so, know you yeah. still got got it on them yeah didn't you have a fox come alive on oh, you once man. come on give us that one i had a hunter out on the line with me on a trap line expedition and he, he wanted to participate but he wasn't participate but anyway i kept the, catch this female red fox in a cat cubby in a number three must have just caught her but her foot wasn't even froze so i walked up to her and thumped her in the head with the east wing there and took her out of the trap and i don't know if i stepped on her chest or not but i just thumped her in the, you know their skulls are pretty pretty thin. thin but anyway so i just grabbed it and and uh his name was tim i was like hey tim put this in the fur bag and and i just flipped him over to flipped it over to tim and tim was like i don't know maybe 20 feet away and in midair, oh no, that fox comes to life. Oh god, <laughs> hit the ground on all four feet, jumped over the tongue of the sled, and ran off into the woods. <laughs> that ain't even and the Jim says, Did you try that? And I was like, Yeah, it was a female, I just didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I was just messing with you. <laughs> that oh, ain't man. even the story I was thinking about. Oh, which there was one? one you had over your shoulder. That came alive. Uh, oh, that you, was my very first fox in, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So I catch my, I was probably <laughs> eight or ten years old or something like that. And I catch my very first red fox trapping back in North Dakota. And so I thumped it in the head with the ball bat. And I think I stepped on its chest. I'm pretty sure I, that's what my uncle taught me to do. But anyway, it's about three, four hundred yards back to the barn. And my dad was sitting there in the back door watching me. And I come walking back and... I got this red fox over my neck. First of all, you should not put a red fox around your neck. And, yeah, fleas. Uh, yeah. So I'm walking back just proud. And uh, I'd got raccoons and skunks and badgers, but this is my first red fox. And this is in like 80 when they were worth some money. Yeah. And uh, all this, I'm pretty happy walking back through the pasture. And <coughs> 
throw it down to go to beat <laughs> Come back to life. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I beat that thing into submission that time. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> so I I for a while I had a uh, old cut off ass end of a Bauer wood hockey stick. Uh huh. Because like canines, especially you pot, you nail yep. them right on the bridge yep. of the nose. It's lights out. It's bedtime for Bonto. You know. Yep. And then, like, if you you know something hard, you can kneel on their chest or whatever. Uh-huh. I I'm thinking like I've got a few stories. I got bit by a Martin once, <laughs> which they bite fucking hard. Oh yeah. If they were if they were fifty pounds, oh, like, yeah. I'd be scared to go. Yeah, I probably wouldn't and be a trapper. They're mean. Yeah. yeah. But I'd kind of I mean had him had him in. Uh, I think it was one of them sets where sometimes I'd make a set like on a on a mound underneath a pole set. Yep. Had him on there, and I'd like poking at him with a stick, getting pictures of yeah. him, and then, you know, so Martin or curious, like you don't want to, you don't want to just smash. They're pretty fragile, but it's like, all right, whack him with a stick, and it was like Stan Hendrickson was like, oh, you nail him with a stick, and then just grab him real quick, and then you do you asphyxiate them, you yep. know, while they're Pinch unconscious. Heart. Well, like he wasn't quite, like didn't hit him oh, quite hard enough, and no. he like just slow motion like. Mouth open on one of my, it was either my thumb or my finger. Luckily, I had leathers on, but it's still like my fingernail was black oh, yeah. and blue for mm. a while. But, uh, yeah, I've had and then a Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine with a stick. Like, that's, yeah, uh, that, that was, we, my uncle and I had caught a Wolverine in a wolf piss set one time, and he, uh, was like, oh, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, we're going to shoot him with my 22. It's <laughs> like, no, nah, we'll just, you know, knock him and, and kneel on them or yeah. stand on them like everything else. I'm like, all right, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that didn't go so well. Yeah, and their skull. I mean, when you look at their skull, you're not going to cave their skull in. No, no, no they're no, solid. No. So. Yeah, yeah. I've only come across one Martin still alive in a trap. It was a number one and lunging at the end of the chain towards you. <laughs> no, this one was going away from me, but he he knew where I was and he was looking oh, yeah. at me. He's like, "I dare you, come ahead, yeah. come ahead." Yeah, I've yeah, released they, a lot of females out of them, though. You know, yeah. and just reached up if you yeah. can get them in the right position. Just reach up there, let them look at you, and just take them right out of that trap. Paul like compress that yep. long spring. spring. Yeah. Hmm. So no, no I that's clubbed cool. that one. Nope. I didn't even touch it. I'm yeah. a tomahawk. Whack! I've had a couple hunters that have come out there or on trapline expeditions and where you had a live Martin and like, all right, dispatch that. And he's, oh, it's so cute. I can't dispatch it. I was like, put your finger up there. See how cute it is. Yeah, it'll be a little easier to dispatch it when it's <laughs> yeah. chewing on you. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, the mar- the live Martin I've come upon are like growl. Like, yeah. like oh, yeah. I don't even what to call it. It's like a raspy. A chirp. Like, a chirp. Yeah. 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 That's what that one was doing. Was yeah. But, uh, guttural. Well, and all this reminds me of an old Frank Glazer story, and it was in Outdoor Life. And it, I don't know if it's in the book or not, in Reardon's book, but we're it was a story he heard from another old timer. There was a trapper, you know, a trapper that had he had to come to town for something and stashed like his whole winter's catch of fur in his rafters of his cabin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Came back and it was all completely shredded. Like a wolverine had like jimmied its way like through his his stack, his yeah, chimney, s- yeah. chimney, and got in the cabin, shredded his whole like years of fur. And so he he set a put a set out. 
just right in front of the cabin and had that, caught that Wolverine. And then he said every day he'd go out there, it's 40 below, throw a bucket of water on the thing. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> like for days before he finally killed. Yeah. You know, the story was like, yeah. too, it was called like too mean to kill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to do to these grizzly bears. You know, I, 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 I don't care if I ever kill another grizzly bear, but the ones that got into the, all those cabins out on my line this year, I, I, I mean, I want her to suffer. <laughs> I want a family to suffer. Yeah, um, I want her dead. I want a family yeah. dead. So go all. I want I want her cub to come in first, and I want Jason or or his buddy to kill it so mom can see it. Oh Jesus! First, <laughs> I mean, oh, and she's been such a good sow for so many years. You know, um, maybe she got a toothache. No, I think she just got a bunch of shit at the one cabin yeah. and then went in Realized. there and was like, oh man, all these little boxes here yeah. have food in them. Because she went into everyone, into outhouses, uh, into sh- workshops, did, sheds. Did they go in and out the same hole or did they go some in? Some of them. Some, did some of them they yeah. make two holes though? So, one in, one out? Yeah. So yeah. what I found out over the years <clears throat> that the, the boars, when a big boar breaks into your cabin, he's telling you that this is his territory. Uh-huh. So he'll go in one wall, go out another one, and for some reason they always take the wood stove out <laughs> and the cook stove out. The cook stove makes sense. you got food stank on there, but the wood but, stove? Uh, and, and then a lot of times they'll pull your stack down and they will crush your stack flat. And to me, this, this bear is telling you that this is my territory. You're not welcome here anymore. And trying to get you to leave where this sow and cub she did not destroy anything except for to get to the food so she didn't yeah. like my whole bed and everything on there she didn't touch anything my bookshelf she knocked a couple books off but she i got off i considerably lucky to me are are all these cabins on the ground or any of them up off the ground at all because uh-uh. i've also been told that you just get them up a little bit and you have almost Hardly, I've never well, heard of anybody having no, I mean, problems with cabins cabin that are is this high off the ground. And it got into that one, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> but huh. yeah, it's pretty amazing. And and uh, you know, I've I've never had an issue at my cabin with a bear. Yeah, um, you've gotten plenty of pictures of them yeah, outside of your her, cabin. Of, of her. her, yeah. I mean, she's raised four generations of cubs, uh-huh. and not one time has ever. Got into my cabin, but it's too bad because now they got the ta- well, it's over now. Yeah, exactly. Her, so. Yeah, but yeah, she got into twenty three buildings. Jeez. Holy shit! Twenty three. And the oh bad thing was, God. is uh, the guide out there? He was there. Uh, they had a, a muzzleloader hunter out there. Yep. And so in November, and she woofed at him one night when he went out to pee. And I guess to me, if you're smart, you track her down and you kill her that night. Yeah. And then, but we what we didn't realize was she was in his moose cabin while we were there, and his moose cabin's quite a ways off of where oh, we were. Okay. And, but when we flew over it, he said, uh, "You want the pilot says you want to fly over it," and he's like, "The, the hunter was sick, air sick." So uh, Eric says, "Well, doesn't it look like there's something on the cabin?" And and then when I show up there in, in January, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was in your cabin. <laughs> it destroyed it. So, Oh, man. But, yeah, so she's going to have to go. And there's so many bears out there now that we have to do some thinning. So you guys are you guys are doing some guiding out there this yeah, spring, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got two guys coming up, so. 
Right on. But I thought I had some other guys coming up, and they canceled. And then I got two friends of mine, uh, Jake's son, Jason. He came up moose hunted with me a couple of years ago in the airboat. And then his buddy is coming up. So I met Jason once, didn't I? Yeah. I hung yeah. out with the, at, at yep. your cabin with yep. him. That's when you were putting chihuahuas. No, in that your was pockets. his brother. That was Hoghead. Oh, that was Jared. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jared. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, chihuahuas Temple, in your pockets. I just met Temple a couple times, and then I invited him down to the cabin to go into Minnow Flats. And mainly, I wanted to run this this boat of his. Oh, know, that this. I had a t- Kohler. Kohler twenty five horse Surface go devil drive, long, you know, long tail. Yeah, it was the long tail. But anyway, tail. I wanted go to take him tail. on, take him down to the flats, and he said, "Was well, he encroaching on your hunting grounds too when no, you met him?" No, no. Uh, <laughs> so, that's that's how up, I met Frank. Yeah, he came up to me at the bank and said, yeah. Are "You ain't any heller." I'm like uh, I don't know. Do I owe you money? And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I says, "Temple, you want to go?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'd love to." And he says, "Can I bring my family?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, I guess." And, day later he says hey can i bring my dogs I said, uh, okay shows up his wife's eight months pregnant <laughs> <laughs> fucking 10 with, dogs with my son. <laughs> you ain't yeah. i had one child at the time he was two in chains and my wife yeah. was pregnant with the second one but uh, it was funny so we go down there and go out to God, the cabin that was nine years ago was it that long ago yeah about but we it was uh solstice that's so, right. So, yeah, so we stayed up and fished all night, and, and uh, Aiden was fishing off the bow of the boat uh, with that, I mean, nonstop. Rod, just didn't catch a fish. But it was terrible stop. fishing. It, but, high water. But it was high, fun, high and then water. I took him uh, up one mile slew. I says, let's go adventuring, and we ran what up this little creek till we run right out of water. It ran out of water. And then, and then the worst part is Jr. didn't see this at the time, but the worst part is this big bank of grass fell into one of our boats, and Eric is like, "Whoa, wow! Look at that cloud of spiders!" And Jr.'s like, "Spiders? Hey, don't you better not tell me about spiders! I'd run over a pregnant woman to get away from spiders." <laughs> I hate spiders. <laughs> But yeah, and then we took it out, and I says, "Well, let's get into some shallows with that boat. Show you what it's for." And then the boat ends up screwing up. And yeah, the so coil he, died. Yeah, I was so he asked me, says, uh, "Jer, would you mind running my family up to the truck, and and then I'll run the boat?" I was like, "Yeah, no problem." And so we take off. Well, the water was so high, we just took the shortcut over to the caches, and and well, my boat does about just about thirty miles an yeah, hour. So I'm getting it. I'm, zipping across I'm there. I'm trying to limp behind him on one cylinder. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we get to the other side of the lakes, and then you got a little channel you got to find to get into the caches. And and uh, his wife's like, uh, so do you want to wait for Temple? And I was like, he'll find his way. She's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, well, he's an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like he's a city indian i am now and, uh, so i'm giving her a hard time well this is the first time i think i ever met her yeah and, that was uh, the first time you met my wife so anyway i tell her i was like well shit you got insurance on him don't you <laughs> and she's like i'm eight months pregnant with this child i was like well this is a good test for him so off we go and so we run her all the way up. Well, the water was super high, and I decide I don't want to put his eight-month pregnant wife and little kid in my rhino and take them up that rough road up to the upper landing. Yep. I'm at the lower landing. I says, I'm just going to run 
run right up. I'm running a prop. Oh, ooh, and, ooh, through uh, silver this run. Is, huh? Hey, this is how this is how <laughs> high the water is. Though. Yeah. So I run right on up there with no, I mean, effortless. And uh, so now when I'm going back, I told her get in the truck, and I make sure she gets the truck started so it's everything's good with her. And I says, you stay at that truck. Don't don't go walking around it. And off I go. And, well, my boat's out of control with one person. And yeah. uh, so I'm yeah. zipping down while I'm nervous I'm going to run over him. So I'm backed out of it, you know, and every once in a while I get to a straightaway wide open. I get to the, the Goldstream, no temple. Nope. I get and to that, the, yeah, and that's like a good rundown. Yeah, it is. I get yeah. to the – it's 12 miles. Yeah, I no. get to the caches, no temple. Nope. I just seen temple a half a mile from there yep. when we left. Yep. So I get out into the lake. And there's hundreds of miles of shoreline because the water's so high. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, shit, where's the temple? <laughs> so I was like, I got to go get Jared. I don't see it in the dark, so I got to go get Jared. And I run over there, and here's the temple at the, back at my cabin. And I'm like, the one thing I could differentiate yeah. out of the whole fucking swamp <laughs> is the cabin The right biggest there. cabin in the flat, you know. Yeah. So I run over there, and, and uh, he, he says, oh, man. He says, I barely found your cabin. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, what do you want to do? And you want, I says, you want to just leave it here? And he's like, well, no, because I don't know if I can find this again. He says, let's leave it at the caches. I know I can find that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we went back there, stashed the boat, put him and his dogs in, in my boat, and and it's getting dark fast. So I was like, well, let's go. And I hammered the throttle and his fedora goes flying. Yep. I catch it and hand it to him. He's like, I've never been in a boat where I had to worry about my hat falling off. <laughs> <laughs> but as we come up to the lower landing, I says, are you feeling lucky, Temple? And he says, what do you mean? And I says, you feel like running the gauntlet? Oh, and I was like, What? Yeah, and he's was... like, no. And I was like, I feel lucky. Suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. <laughs> and he floors it. Yeah. Run right on up there. And, and he's like, I can't believe you hit. And I was like, Temple, you couldn't hit right now. The water's so high. And he says, I hit when we were coming down. <laughs> I, did. I didn't know how to avoid those rocks. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun trip. We didn't catch a fucking thing, but no. we had a great time. But I took a good picture of you. Did I ever you, take? Yeah, I, I got that? a copy okay. of that. He's got it framed over yeah. his bed. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. It's in the kitchen somewhere. Yeah, beautiful picture of my my family at the time at and the, the midnight sun with the sun behind. Yeah, us. nice. Agent standing on the bow fishing and just beating the water. Yeah, that little asshole still lives to fish. Oh man. <laughs> I remember when we took him down fishing, ice fishing that time. Uh-huh. You see this, he catches this pike, and he's wanting to talk with, with Temple and I. He's not wanting to be over there jigging, so he just drops it, and Temple's like, hey, you going to fish or what? Temple walks over and grabs a stick and goes like this. Boo! Down it goes, and he says, you got to fish here. And Aiden st- starts reeling this thing in, and when that pike's head come up, he threw it down and ran. <laughs> <laughs> so he- Here's how I tell that same story. Me and Aiden are fishing next to each other. And, of course, I forgot my nice fishing stick, so JR borrowed us some. <laughs> and uh, Aiden's standing there jigging. He's like, hey, Dad, how about we uh, we trade? You fish this stick this hole. I'm like, all right, fine, shut up. I don't care. <laughs> so I grab it, and I jig once, and I feel a snag. And I'm like, you asshole, it's snooty. <laughs> <laughs> and we pull up a four But I remember pike. I took a picture of him laying down by it, and it was about as big as it, he was. It, it was. was pretty cool. It was. I yeah. took my took my oldest one. He's seven down there down this year fishing, 
and he, uh, him and his six-year-old cousin, they were, they were a hoot. They, uh, I was fishing in one hole, and I mean, we'd caught, been catching them, trying different spots, and I was fishing one hole, and they, they were at a hole about 20 feet away, and I, they start hooting and hollering, oh, we, we got one, we got one on, and, you know, they kept, like, they'd, they'd hang up their spoon on the bottom of the ice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, like, watching the rod. I'm, like, yeah, they really got one. Oh, we got one. And then when they look down, they really start that high pitch, like, little bo- prepubescent oh, boys yeah. screaming, we, I could see him, I could see him, and I'm watching. So I was trying to get my phone out to video him, and they both, like, grab the pole and go running, and they yank this fucking, like, almost 40-inch pike, 38-inch pike up on Woo! the ice i'm like holy shit though like that is a good one boys you should have seen the look on the indian's face when i turned mine loose i couldn't believe it (laughs) it's like sacrilegious you You threw it back (laughs) that was dinner i threw about three of them back and he got mad he's like i did get a little mad (laughs) oh it's funny yeah they they're then this thing's flopping around dad can we keep him i was like all right we can keep that one But uh, the video you sent me, I can't handle it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> on just like pulling. He looks at Tyler. He's like, I can't handle it. <laughs> and then we like, get him up and then send this video to mom yeah. instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Show mom. Yeah. yeah I'm getting yeah. a little better about catch and release but i that that first one that comes out that i i, I, I still you can catch enough out. of those fish that are this big to fill your to eat good them big ones got the go males back. Uh, well you can tell fair. like a lot of times that's you can tell fair. the males you yeah know? yeah the fatty females those should go back they yep. should every one of them yeah take your picture with it and send her home exactly so. Yeah, no reason to keep those fish at all. Nah. In my mind, anyway, I, I just I'm a firm now. believer. Like they should all, you should like, it shouldn't I, be legal to keep them. In my yeah. mind, I, I caught a really nice <laughs> she fish down there last year when we were down there. It, no shit. I, yeah, when I took Massick down there with me, this was in uh, would have been after moose season. We went down just to close up the cabin and stopped there. And my first cast, I'm always when when I go down when I'm loading the boat at the launch. My spoons are on, so I've got my two poles. They're ready, ready. to go. Yep. So we're not messing When we get down there. Yes. I'll be the first one with yeah. the fish on. <laughs> Even though I'm driving the boat, I'm taking that off as we're coming up. I'm yeah. figuring out how to drive the boat and get my rod out. But my first cast, boo, grabbed it, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's kind of. Yeah, that, that's weird. Feels but, different. Yeah, yeah, and as mm-hmm. I pulled it up, I'm like, "What the hell is that?" It's been so many years since I caught a she fish, but yeah, twelve pounders. So shit, that's nice a good one. one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, last year I've I... seen them spear fishing up further in the fall. I've seen it mixed in with all the oh, you know the, the white fish yep. you see see them. Yep. Not I mean not a lot of them, but there you used do to see be a lot more. Yeah, oh yeah, but yeah, and, and I don't know what killed them, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, still remember pike fishing that one time like oh man holy shit it's a she fish all right we're she fishing now boys <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well then we figured out that if you wind it across the top you catch a pike if you let it sink down halfway you catch a she fish huh and if yeah. you put meat on it you, and you get burbot. it out in the on the edge of that murky water yeah. you catch bourbon yeah <clears throat> and it was literally that that year you could be like what do i want to catch this time and every single cast you could choose between yeah, one of the three. One, and that catch one, one night still was like the best. I mean, last year it wasn't. I caught probably the biggest pike I've caught there at that spot, mm-hmm. that particular spot. But that one night, man, it was just one of those where 
for hours. Oh, yeah. It was like the more you fish, the big, the big, and it was high water. Ooh, like yeah. when we first went in, it was like, oh man, this water's so high, it's going to be shit. And then it just the more we fished, the bigger the fish got, yeah. and the more we, yeah. Well, I've always heard that they ran in schools of size. So, yeah, yeah, I agree but with that. I have caught little ones and big ones from the same spot. I mean, I've caught pike that were four and a half inches and caught 44 inches yeah. sitting in the same spot at the same time. Huh. And that, that little one, I think we caught him three times, and he was <laughs> yeah. trying to tell us, get me out of the water. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to die in here. <laughs> Mom is it. trying to eat me. <laughs> we're catching pike in the spot we're talking about, and I see muskrats swimming around, and I'm like, that thing's fucking lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's your like, life in your hands well, there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure, like, because I, I remember we did a, on the drive back to town, we did it. We did a podcast episode, like, holy, sh- like, I can't believe this fish. Was that the first time that we ever did that yeah, trip? That yeah, was, and that was the, that was, like, the when it was hot, the hottest fishing we ever had there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh. Yeah, I was, I was like, don't dangle. Like, hey, dude, your spoon's dangling oh, in yeah. the water there. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you lose your fucking rod right out of the side <laughs> yeah. of the boat. I've never had pike fishing that hot where I was worried about the spoon uh-huh. hanging over the edge. I've ne- I never have. When I moved up here in 91, I went down there with Bill Langley, and we were in the airboat. We were going up a slough called uh, Willow Slough, and it's really narrow. And you go through a couple where the beaver have just made a – just a little run through the grass, so it was only this mm-hmm. wide. But in the airboat, we just went through it. And I remember when we were getting towards the end of it, the water started to move like this, all whoa. the way across. So Holy it was about, about six or eight feet wide, you know, yep. this channel. And as we're going up, the whole water's starting to move, and I'm kind of scratching my head like, what the hell? I'm 19 years old. I'm not much of a fisherman. And looking at as we're getting to the end of this, these pikes start jumping right out oh, of the water. I mean, shit. thousands of them. Just oh, like, packed and in I there. turned around. I was like, Bill, is that what I think it is? And he's like, yeah. Get the net. Like, what the hell? Well, they get trapped. As yep. the water goes down, they get trapped in these different places, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were just all these little hammer handles, you know. And it was amazing. So, <laughs> But... Yeah, it's yeah. fun. That she fish is good eating. Yeah, holy is. shit, man! Yeah. Smoked. Uh, that stuff is yeah. like. I fished them in Kotzebue with oh, some natives yeah. out there one time through the uh, ice. Or no, it no? was in, out in the bay, right in front of Kotzebue. So we took a boat out there, and it was a like a twenty-two foot fiberglass. I think it was called a privateer, or a, mm. something like that. But it was yep. kind of like a Carolina skiff, but it had a semi V in the front. Okay, privateer. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah. But anyway, so we took that out there, and there was four of us fishing, and we'd watch the seagulls, and the seagulls were chasing the herring, and the she-fish were chasing the herring. And we'd just run right into them seagulls, cut the power, and just cast, and, and it was crazy. But What time of year was this? Spring? I. It would have been in... I would have guessed July, maybe. Oh, so, like maybe. summer, even out okay. in the salt water, even maybe. then, huh? Maybe <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not positive on it, but hmm. I, yeah, I would guess it would have been June or July, maybe. Right. But uh, that's a bucket list for me. Yeah. Like go ice well, fishing not, those yeah, big that, sheep fish. Well, yeah, that would be. <laughs> These weren't big. We never caught. I mean, we like maybe fifteen, seventeen pounds is the biggest we caught, but most of them were in that. 
you know, mm-hmm. seven to ten pound range. Yeah. But so next thing you know, we're standing in this deep of she fish in Shin this boat. Deep. <laughs> and I finally looked over at Herman. He was the guy whose boat we were in. I was like, Herman, uh, I really don't, not very good at cleaning fish. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're pretty good at catching, so just keep on catching. I was like, well, I really don't want to clean this many fish. And he says, well, we're not. Now you're like, away. Green light. Yeah. Fish on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you get a taco, you get a fish. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking my language, but, <laughs> but we get back. I mean, it, it was, I mean, I ain't kidding. It was over the top of your extra toughs in that whole boat. Oh, that's awesome. And, Good fun. Uh, so I'm like, this is this is dumb. <laughs> anyway, we drive back, and I'm like, I don't even know what we're going to do. It's back the truck in, load that boat right up on the trailer full of fish, drive it over to his house, and the women took care of the fish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, only a white man think he can improve that system. <laughs> wow. wow. I got it made. I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah. saw it. I had to take a swig hey, at it. It's not too late to push you into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'd be like, Herman, let's uh, go tomorrow morning. Yeah. This again. <laughs> and then, so we went back another time. That that was a different place, so I, I didn't like Kotzebue at all. But I met some really cool people there. And, uh, but the, there's a tide out there, and there's a big big sandbar right out in the middle of that bay. Okay. And so we go over to fish. We go fish this creek way away. And we took this. His other boat was uh, a bayou runner. So it was a flat bottom, mm. double hull like a, like a Boston whaler is, or, mm-hmm. or by, but uh, Carolina skiff. But we take that over there with a motorcycle, and uh, so you could go run the beach and screw around, but we go fish Arctic char and grayling mm. and she fish on the other side. Well, on the way back, we're clipping along, and, and it was really rough water when we went over there. Well, on the way back, all of a sudden, we, all three of us, it's Herman and me and his wife, we all get thrown forward in the boat, and we're like, what the hell did we hit? So we turn around, lift it back, put it up on a, on a log, we'll hear that pounding on that flat bottom on those waves it broke the fiberglass Ooh. on one of the cross members oh, so shit. that Ooh. folded down holy smokes so so he says uh <coughs> well you want to drive the boat i was like yeah okay so it's just idling all the way back across that bay to, back to kosovo and, and he says well keep this mountain behind you at your six and keep something in kosovo some the tallest building there or whatever at your 12 o'clock and i was like well why and he's like well because there's a big sandbar out there and he says we don't want to hit it and i'm like yeah whatever so we're driving along while i'm not paying attention and oh no uh-huh. all of a sudden all of a sudden it was three o'clock throwing mud you're like what the <laughs> hell and he says get out in extra tufts he just jumps out of the boat in the ocean in the middle of and the, the water's this deep yeah ankle deep so i had his his wife take a picture of us so we're pushing this big boat across there just in the middle of the ocean it was badass (laughs) (laughs) but yeah pretty neat oh boy yeah village life out there that was pretty neat yeah what were you doing out there working for uh crowley okay so we had a contract a company that jim and i worked for here in fairbanks and so we'd just go up the west coast servicing all the bulk plants for crowley and Hmm. testing and yeah it was fun bring our guns and our bows and Awesome. All summer, you know, just it was good, good time. Got Heck to see yeah. the state, get paid. Yep. 
Do you got any uh, moose wrangling stories you want to share, Jr.? Moose Some moose rodeo. Yeah, yeah. You got one of those you want yeah, to Yeah, so we were going down that same fishing that you guys were talking about one winter. And instead of going down the river like everybody does, we were going shortcutting it through Jim's strap line. And it was my girlfriend at the time and Bruce. Bruce. Bruce calls me Fred. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I call him Fred and he gets upset a little bit. And I'm like, hang on so now, Bruce. We were running cross country back that way. And, and, uh, I look over and here's this moose in a trap in a number nine little bull. So I tell uh, the girlfriend I was with, I said, "Stay right here. I gotta go catch Bruce." So I run up and get Bruce. It's like, "Hey, we got a moose in a trap. We'll release it." So he says, uh, "Well, I always wanted to see one of these moose rodeos." I was like, "Well, this ain't a spectator sport. There's plenty for everyone." <laughs> so uh, we're lucky because it was already laying down. Uh-huh. So I says, "I'll go get on it and." put my coat over its head and you take the trap off so i just took my coat parka off and just walked up to it jumped on it wrapped his head up you know and, and held him and it was a yearling you know a, a, kind of a runt yearling to boot well he couldn't figure out how to get the trap off oh no uh, come on bruce so <laughs> and so i says well get my axe and not because you know it balls up with snow oh okay so he couldn't figure out where the ears were on it so yeah. i swapped out with him and then i got my knee up under there pulled it off and then i swapped with him again and said get back and so they got back behind the trees and, and i picked the coat up looked him in the eye and says now nah, i'm here to help <laughs> Don't make this about you. <laughs> you're gonna be, you're gonna be fine. And so I take the coat off, jump off him, and he stands up and goes to eat. And uh, I was like, ah, cool. So Bruce says, well, I'm gonna grab that trap and hang it in that tree so Jim can find it. And I was like, he just leave that trap right where it's at. And, and Jim knows where that trap is because he tied it to that tree. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, I'm going to hang it up. And I was like, I wouldn't. So he walks right over there like he's going to grab that trap. Oh, that, <laughs> that moose turns around, ears laid back, and comes high step. And he says, I think I'm just going to leave that trap. Yeah. <laughs> Great idea. That's but So idea, we're standing there looking and kind of patting each other on the shoulders and look over there. Well, here's another moose right over here about 150 oh, yards in a snare. Damn. Holy shit. I'm like, this is his bigger brother. Uh, so we go over there and get my rope out, and he's not happy. And so I'm trying to lasso this thing, and it ain't it ain't going for it. Where so, was this? So the snare. Around his face. Around yeah, around, right above his eyes, before his horns, and under his jaw. Oh. And so it's not choking him at all. It's just uh-huh. holding him. And uh, so... so I'm trying to get a get a rope on him, and it's just not working. And so finally I get the rope on him over his head, and I can't figure out how to tip him over. So I told Bruce, I said, well, I'm going to go in the circle with him, and he's going to charge, and I'm going to turn and run. And when I hit the end of that rope and he gets tangled up on that nine wire, it's going to trip him, and you jump on him with your coat get it over his head. We clear? Everybody got there? Yep. Sounds yep. like yep. a great plan. <laughs> great, great plan. So, what could go wrong? I go in the yeah. circle, and that thing lays his back, and they got this cool-ass cough <laughs> coming at you. And so I turn and run because I'm scared. And uh, got my big rope over my shoulder, and when I hit the end of that rope, I hear this pow. Oh, boy. And face plant on the ground, and when I roll up and look, that moose runs right over the top of me. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> of course, I let go of the rope, 
and off, off he runs with my favorite rope. But the snare was broke off. It broke the snare. And, and I, so I'll see you in September, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I want my rope back. <laughs> Bruce and my girlfriend were looking at me, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, why? And he says, well, that thing just stomped all over you. And I was like, no, it didn't. <laughs> and then I get to my snow machine and. Like my elbow starts to swell up. Oh, like, oh shit! No. What the hell? I pulled my shirt off and it had kicked me in the back, right in my tricep. Oh, oh man! It went over the top, but it was so exciting. I didn't, you know, I didn't. Yeah, even yeah. Feel it. But I told Jeez. Jim he owes me a rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ran like a son of a bitch with my rope dangling. <laughs> and then we go down to go fishing, and it was this much overflow. Oh, like, turned around, went back. Yep, man. But, yeah. You've had a lot of fun, JR. Yeah. Of course, he'd done a lot of hard work, too. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the status of the Trappers Association yeah. podcast? I don't know. I guess, you know, to tell you the truth, I've listened to three podcasts in my life. I've, uh, somebody told me that they, they heard me on your podcast years ago and i i never even heard it and i says i don't tell you the truth i didn't even know what a podcast (laughs) (laughs) i had to explain it to my neighbors you know talk talk radio but on the internet and then uh then kurt started that one and and i think i listened to a couple of them but you um, just kind of stopped well i I mean he started the beginning of the season kind of and then nothing huh i was wondering I think they've done six episodes. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't. I get know it. People to... are busy. It's, really it's, it's it is it. simple. Yeah, it's <clears throat> like getting the four of us here today was a hassle. Well, it's because I got a pretty short memory. Huh? I got a pretty short memory. Say what? No, you well, you were just a few minutes late. Yeah. That's not a big deal. <laughs> well, no, if you it's, on, me, it's on me. I just got done eating lunch or dinner. I was just sitting down and said, oh, and then I get a text like, Oh shit! That's what I was. Supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Life gets busy, and it's a lot of like takes some persistence to stay up with it. Which you know, I can obviously for our listeners like do a lot, a lot better at being more diligent. But, yeah, you know, people yeah. got people got jobs and people and families, yeah. and it's it take it takes some time. But yeah. you know, I would rather like. For this format, just uh, inconsistent when and good. Inconsistent and good. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna talk for eight hours. And we're, we're gonna cut this. <laughs> we're gonna make make up for lost yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you boys are ready to sit here till the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, we'd been a long time since we did one last time. I was over here, and geez, me and you got shit housed. I was oh. like, I can't be doing that. Again. <laughs> yeah. I can't be doing that again. Well, I gave him a hard time. I says, well, when you come over to my house, we didn't get to drink beer. <laughs> That's because Tyler had to drive. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I was, yeah, I don't have any whiskey right now. But That's I probably good. Over. Probably good. Because, yeah, I would, yeah, we're sitting here. I don't know if it was Temple or Matt or who. It's like. Well, I see two of you, so I got one, I got one gun, my two guns, one for the me. each of you. It wasn't me. I had to drive home, so I was... No, but it was me. Oh. I didn't have to drive anywhere. <clears throat> but, uh... That's all those YouTube, you know, with YouTube, too, you know, that's a lot of work to... 
yeah. mess around with that. To do anything oh, yeah. decent. Well, I mean, and I you don't, can... you know. I just put what I read. There's no editing on mine. I just put what I recorded and put it on there. I don't know how to splice them together. It doesn't it's matter. It's perfect. What, you did, what you're doing is we like absolutely shit, awesome. Yeah. We like but, your shit. Yeah. Yeah. So my computer's plumb full right now. It won't let me download I anything onto it. I don't know how to it. help you with that, JR. So... I do it all on my phone now. I bought an eight hundred dollar i fucking laptop to do this shit on, and I huh. maxed it out. So I'm like, "Fuck it, my phone. Buy more iCloud. <laughs> Buy more iCloud." <laughs> oh man, I, I still ain't sure where this iCloud is, and I got a bunch of stuff on it. <laughs> yeah. it fucking, it rains a lot there. I think <laughs> it's where all the it's where all the several celebrities keep their nude photos. I guess. Oh I really? I don't know. Huh. You should try trading yeah. some of your stuff for some of that stuff, uh, Temple. If, if they want to give me theirs for mine, they can have mine. I ain't conscientious at all. Oh man, I uh, although I have been, I don't know since work. I got my I got my personal computer and my work computer. I think I'm an Apple man now. The other day I was I had to do something like a count. It was a couple ATF form ones I was filing. It's just slow as shit. I'm like. These freaking computers too slow. I give up. Done with it. Done with computers. Yeah, except for the phone. I just can't. It's bullshit. You spend money on these things and then they're full and they got to update them and do yeah. all this shit to them like, every fifteen minutes. Really? It's like I can't even hardly deal with it when it does work. And then you got this all this other bullshit. I'm like, I'm just done. Carrie knows how to do it. Be like, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, it's just like too. And then it's like, oh, what's your password? Like, from two years ago, how am I supposed to fucking remember that? (laughs) Here, change password. Password can't be the same as the... uh, (coughs) iPhone 13 Uh from an iPhone 7. So she says, well... That's quite a jump. Yeah. And she says, well, we can do it right here. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to do that. So she starts looking into my phone, my 7, and she's like, oh, it's going to take 13 hours. Like, I was like, well, I'm going to need a job. I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, you got something <laughs> yeah. I can do. I can't leave the phone. They, they, I have to be there to do it. Oh, what? Geez. And she says, but you can take it home and do it at, at home. And I was like, oh, really? So she just tells me how to do it. And I says, you think you're talking to somebody that understands. Yeah. Be like, explain to it to them. Like, yeah. Explain it to me like I'm five. No. <laughs> Could you yeah. write all this down three. for me? Not three. five. Three. three. For 20 years, my job has to been burn pieces of metal together yeah. or coal. I don't know how yeah. this works. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I she gave it pretty simple. Yeah. This is what you do. This is what you do. And boom, everything comes over here. Except for my contacts, the contacts uh. kind of screwed up a little bit, and then all my pictures, the fourteen thousand pictures that came over, none of the albums came oh. with it. Oh, so it's just fourteen thousand pictures, no <laughs> albums. <laughs> Holy well, shit! Well, you got a nice phone; you can take a hell of a lot more good pictures. Uh, good pictures with that. But one. I mean, it's crazy that the even the videos that these things take. It's it's yeah. absolutely nuts. Yeah. So, uh, so I I like the the eye camera I I whatever their Apple's editing what is it iMovie iMovie mm. I I quit using That's my what I laptop turned you, I was like stop screwing around use iMovie so I yeah iMovie yeah. on my laptop was was so much deeper but I couldn't figure out how to use it and then I maxed out my laptop so I'm like fuck this eight hundred dollar piece of shit and just use my phone now I'm not doing any good but. <laughs> We'll see, like, sometimes, like, good, enjoyable stuff, like, 
isn't necessarily the polished stuff. I can't polish nothing, but I'll show you a video like, of my. I'm kid basically retarded. I'm yet. basically retarded. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, you bang a couple. I can I, bang a couple some rocks together. And I can figure out the eye. Calling a grouse. <laughs> calling a grouse. Yeah. That ain't no shit either. I had a client one, a hunt, uh, one of my hunters one time. He said, uh, asked me what I did in my off season when I wasn't guiding. I says, Oh, I'm a union union iron worker, and he's like. Oh, really? He says, uh, ha- uh, tough as the iron you work with and half as smart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even argue. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or say thank you. <laughs> he oh, must yeah. have had some iron work in his he, No, he, he was, uh, his dad and him both were uh, like superintendents for Peter Kiewit. Down south, it's a big construction outfit. Okay. But anyway, uh, they so they had some exposure. Yeah, definitely, they, they knew yeah. what we were all about. But anyway, so generally, when you piss your guide off, that's something you shouldn't do. No, because we can walk for days. Uh-huh. I never mm. see nothing. This guy was six foot five and in really good shape. I couldn't oh, outwalk Jesus. him, so I just had to take his punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking on these tussocks. I'd walk around him, and he'd walk straight. He, he was just his gate was so big, and I'm like, man, can't get away from most. By that time in the year, I could walk away from most anybody with a shoulder on my back, you know, with a uh-huh. shoulder. But this guy was in shape. I'm like, oh man, oh that's real work. I just <laughs> like to shoot him next to the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's or, the way to go. Or when you can shoot him where you can just pull your airboat up out of the river and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that works good too. So every now and then you bash the hell out of the mothership, your air. Oh yeah, yeah. What? I'm not a very good driver. We've noticed. I don't see very good. <laughs> what faster? What is... <laughs> you just go into it faster. Wow. You got a system for straightening the mothership back. Oh yeah. Out. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we built a jig twenty something years ago, I suppose, for straightening out the mothership when it wasn't mine. And as far as like unbending bent aluminum yeah so it was just a big uh it was actually when we built fort knox gold mine so i don't remember what year that was but it must have been 94 5 something like that but we got all this six inch i-beam for free so we made that jig out of this six inch i-beam and you just backed the boat off the trailer onto this jig and then we had uh, a beam that goes across the top that you used 20 and 30 pound or 30 ton jacks hydraulic jacks and then a buddy of mine cameron built this uh electric over hydraulic over electric ram that you can just hit the button and uh you've got different dies for different applications in the boat and you can take that bow right back out of the bottom no shit yeah Chiropractic jig. For yeah, that's, so that's for what I, la, yeah, Last year I gave it a name and, and uh, I painted it because we've never painted it and it sits outside. So I brought it in the shop, painted it, and, and I put uh, Mothership Chiropractic Table on it. <laughs> that's what I called it. <laughs> so See, that's so, like stuff like that's pretty uniquely alaskan like well and then so <laughs> and i've yeah. just used it for ours and i think we straightened up one other guy's boat one time i don't didn't remember doing it but he told me we did and then uh, i just straightened up another guy's boat that i fought fires with last summer and then i had another guy that was supposed to bring his boat over today and i never did see him so but yeah so i got sure. it work 
I got a twenty four fifty six that huh. Mike could. Does your boat have any dings in the bottom of it, Frank? Holy shit. <laughs> Nothing that is going to need that work on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it works pretty cool, though, and, and it, it works super fast. So the way we used to do it, it was three guys with jacks. Bottle and, jacks. Oh, man, it sucked. But this way, it, it, it made it kind of fun. So I know my iCloud's full. <laughs> Buy more iCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you're like the Eeyore underneath the fucking rain cloud, and you're like, I need yeah. to, looking up. I need to buy more. <laughs> but yeah, Check that right. shit out. Look at that that picture, Frank. But yeah, that was pretty Holy funny. Shit. <clears throat> so a jig specifically. We're not talking like a little jig. A no, big jig. no, no. Oh, <laughs> so oh, yeah. Back when jig. we were younger, we'd just unbolt that and take it apart and then go stack it outside the shop. Well, even those six-inch beams, when you unbolt them, they're kind of heavy. And, yeah. And, uh, so I, since I brought it over to my house, I just jacked it up and welded some, some uh, axle stubs on it and put a trailer tongue on it so I can just back it in with the rhino or with the Jeep <laughs> yeah. into the shop, and then I take the axle and the tongue off and... And then it's on casters, so I wow. can just wheel it around in the shop with the whole boat on it. I can push it around myself. And so. with that in your shop, you can still drive a full-size truck, pull in a full-size trailer in there, and turn around. No. No? No. Well. No, I'm not that good a macker up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me imagine. Well, you get one of those fucking lazy Susans like they got on <laughs> yeah. the Marine Highway yeah. boats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Yeah, I still remember which one thing I wanted to ask you, like for this, because we've got a co- I've got a couple questions on it, because we've brought you up a couple times. Oh, oh. you're you're a regular staple, Jack. Um, oh, only good shit. Geez. So I remember and a part of like a point of pride with me. So I'd be like, yeah, you know the first six hundred Ace that J.R. Peterson ever rode, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that one sitting out there? Oh, you still got it? I still got it. Oh yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, he, he puts as many miles on it in 12 years as you do uh, in one, I, I basically. Laugh, <laughs> I laughed so hard when that uh, video come off of you on the on that oh, overflow that oh, time. Oh, that, that was fucking scary, oh, that man. that was so funny. We, like, went down to the cabin. This is, like, more, like, 12 years ago. Oh. Down to his cabin, right? We got it. We're going around, like, pulling wolf gear. Well, that was an interesting trip because you encountered the... <laughs> The, the lady, uh, the trooper, and his wife, caught who's his a DNR cop, on skis, oh, and he, he caught her dog. dog. Ranger, her dog. Oh, what's her? Shit. I know who yeah. you're talking about. We so, don't need to uh, mention her name. Who's so, uh, no, no one's. Um, but we, <laughs> he's like, oh, a, let's let's go up this creek, yeah. you know, this glaciered over creek in like Mar- late March or early April, blasting up, and it's all just ice, and you know, like we had studded up my track and. Going up there, and you get to a point where your track starts spinning, and you start going Even backwards, and you're like, oh, shit. I'm going to be going back oh, a lot shit. faster than I came up here. <laughs> it ended up, luckily, like, you oh. know, back swinging her into a, a sidewash, but I got off to, like, go take a picture of something, and, like, it was like a cat, like, oh, spread God. out on this glacier ice, like, slowly sliding downhill. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, I can't, I can't move. <laughs> I was videoing him and I was crying. I was laughing so hard I couldn't even video. So I threw him my 
my uh, cleats that go on your boots. Yeah. And so when he steps down on them, they roll up and they're on the top of his feet. <laughs> and so, so when he's crawling his way back up to me, I told him that the cleats go on the bottom of your boot. <laughs> But I didn't really like him at the time because I knew it was going to cost me a lot of money after he left. Because first he had the the six hundred ace was what what I wanted to. That's why I invited yeah. him out. It wasn't for his good looks or his good, good company. You wanted I to want, experiment I wanted with to that ace. You're like here, I'll ride you your tired. ace. You ride my Polaris yeah. white track. You were then, tired of changing uh, the jets in yeah, the two stroke. There you go. Carb. And then when we get up there, he's got the brand new Zeiss. Uh, range finding binoculars. Oh, I remember so your he, pair in the flats. Yeah, yeah, so he he lets me look through those, and I was like, "You prick! This is <laughs> this is getting expensive <laughs> real <laughs> quick." <laughs> those are a four or five thousand dollar pair of binos. I think they were three, three twenty <clears throat> twenty nine hundred, if I remember. Not right. cheap, yeah. mother, but but yeah, I've loved them. I still have them. So they're yeah. a nice hey, pair of binos. Take care of shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and I actually had a pair of uh Leicas before that and I sold the Leicas and bought these. Yeah. So, My kids ain't but, gonna get to use good binos. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> not unless they buy them themselves. So I, I've been kind of blessed in life just guiding. You get to use Yeah. All the good gear, or I sh- I'm not even going to call it the good gear. You get to use all the expensive, top-of-the-line gear that gets advertised uh-huh. without buying it. So yeah. you get to see, is it worth it? That's basically my job, too. Yeah. So, but, and so that's pretty cool to be able to look through this, and you're like, yeah, you always wanted them. And then you look through them, and you're like, yeah, these aren't that great. I don't think they're worth that kind of money or um I've been running so. a pair of ten by forty two Nikons for like <laughs> yeah. fifteen years. That well, I got a pair of ten. I can, I, can, I, can, I can find shit that most people can't. Yeah, but they're you know, not worried about them like, either. Where no, mine oh, no. I was like, geez, what? Yeah. Oh, hey, don't get, yeah. don't touch. Don't them. breathe on those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got yeah. the magic eye. But, well, I, you know, I am a big proponent of it's not the glasses; it's the it's guy the behind jerk them. Behind the glass, you gotta. But I mean, at the same time, <clears throat> the good glasses, the more expensive glasses, will pick up. Now, I shouldn't say that anymore because Leopold uh, Burris. Uh, Vortex, all of those right now have good glass. Yeah. Where yeah. twenty years ago, it wasn't Bushnell all good glass. and all Redfield. Yeah. All those weren't that great of glass. Yeah, you know. But <clears throat> when it comes down to the low light, is when those high dollar ones, when the Savorskis and the Zeiss and uh, uh, Leicas performed back twenty years ago. Today, I think they all perform pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. close to the same. Yeah, but because I remember my dad when I brought my Leicas home one time, and my Leicas were like three three grand, and I was like, "Dad, check these out." And he's, they're not no better than my Bushnells. And Dad's Bushnells are like nineteen seventy eight. They're this big, and they're, there's. There's no plastic le- on there's them. There's leather on, yeah, them, on leather. the outside. Leather yeah, steel. Oh, I know the ones so you're talking they had about. A little, they had a little like golf cart thing that you drag behind the carry. Yeah. <laughs> it was chain. It wasn't that little nylon strap. It was yeah. chain. But, and he, Dad's like, well, they ain't no better than these. Well, in the daylight, they weren't that much better. I mean, they were better, but they weren't that much better. But when it came down to... Yeah, the light low, going low, down. Low light. Then Dad wants to go home. I was like, I can still see good. <laughs> 
So that's, that's how I ended up with Nikon's. Is when I showed up at the lodge to start guiding down there. Josh was like, "What the fuck you got there?" And I was like, "This is my binos." He's like, "When'd you get those in the 50s? <laughs> I was like, "I don't know." My dad gave them to me. He's like, "Yeah, that's probably where they came from." And they're like, literally fucking like metal tubes oh, with yeah. leather on them. Yeah, you can't even and, hold them in the wintertime. Yeah, no frostbite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, let me have those for a second. He looks at me, he's like, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> like two weeks later, he walks up to me, he's like, here, try these. He got a pair of Nikons and gave them to me. And I've had them. I send them back every year. They refurbish them, clean the glass, take part. Like That's the old assistant guide trick. Fix right them there. all up and everything, and boom, done, good to go. Show up in junk, walk away with brand new gear. Yeah. Jeez. Carry a 30-30. Ah, six. I carried it. Was a, it was a thirty out six, three sixty four <laughs> Winchester. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, and another man. thing, you know, whenever I'm guiding, I always shoot my clients' rifles just to make sure I know if it's them or yeah. uh, the rifle. You know, oh no, so shit. you get that to shoot some. some good sense. You get to shoot some badass rifles. Mm. Well, know. that's the thing. Yeah, and, I mean, well, kind of like my job. I mean, just spent a week shooting yeah. guns, like yep. one day. Well, goofing off the uh, like our a few a few of our editors, but primarily like me, and then we had a guy that he's the Sean Murphy, who's the night he's the training director for Night Force Optics, but he uh, like him and his buddy have a side business that they've basically won every precision rifle match there is, so they they actually like train you know special forces guys and uh-huh. and. Uh, but he he comes and helps helps us like we you know, shoot a ton of like all bipod prone accuracy groups for to test all these rifles and then handgun stuff and we like and he's like a, like a world class handgun shooter too and so we, we got dropped off me and him with unsupervised for a day with we had like fifteen thousand rounds of handgun ammo oh. of, of you know nine mil and four you know we had to accuracy test all these handguns and we, we were just joking like. Well, it's because I've I've gotten to shoot a lot of nice guns. To like to those two I showed you earlier. Yeah. Like I have to like I'm I have to have them. So I'm going to sell whatever I got to sell to to pay for them. But I'm children. like I don't know how good I don't know how good the born uh, gone. <laughs> so, so I don't know how anything else shot, but the Staccato's shot amazing. Yeah. Shot all the ammo up with them. But uh, yeah. no, it's like there there's a a big value in be able being able to like try out a wide yeah, variety of yeah. stuff um because you can speculate all you want but yeah until you're actually running until you're actually yeah trying the stuff it's pretty but the uh going back going to the sleds i got sidetracked there polaris skis on uh what's seems the skinny be, on those seems to be so the is favorite it just like seems what, to be do, the what per- do you what do you run a lot of people yeah what do you run on your 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 skidoos. You, so do you run Polaris I, skis? Polar- I was the first one to do that. The Polaris Pro Float. Yeah. And uh, so it what it stops is that um, I don't know how to explain it. Darting. I, I, the the darting I guess is um, so that the Pilot DS2 ski that Skidoo came out with, it's a really good deep snow ski. Mm-hmm. But in my country where you get overflow and you get that light ice on it or if you get that light crust of snow on top of of snow yeah when you're going along there if you catch an edge it'll it's got such a long keel and a deep keel if you're not holding on to that handlebar white knuckled it'll take the handlebars away from you it'll 90 degree out from underneath you and launch you 
And you ask him how he knows. Yeah. yeah, I just totally destroyed my sled this fall. <laughs> yeah. So, and you Fucking know, I thought it was just me. You know, I'd, I'd run Polaris wide tracks for since I moved up here. That's all I ever ran, and uh, I just, I just couldn't figure this out. And I was like, I thought I was a half-assed good rider, and uh, you end up on a flat trail, pitched off your snow machine. Your snow machine's over here off the trail and you're like what do you go back and you look well what did i hit he didn't hit nothing it was just a little crust and no shit and it jerked out so i was talking to my buddy jesse knee and <laughs> telling him about it he's like oh yeah you ever just get back up and dust yourself off and walk back to see what you're looking at and i was like there yeah same thing and so finally at one time i did it on the ice when i broke my nose and i got launched going too fast not understanding what the problem was with the ski, but I'm looking ahead. So I'm standing up, going a little bit too fast, pulling a heavy sled, and I'm in about, I don't know, three inches of overflow mm. and running. And so the whole river's covered in this. So I'm zipping along there, and all of a sudden I caught a, a frozen part, and it just, woo, and it just pitched me. And I went through the air like Superman, and when I put my hands down, my hands went through that little thin layer of ice, and then I just off my nose. And behind me, I can hear. And here's my sled coming around, you know, on its side. And this, this jackknife. Yeah, the sled jackknifed and went underneath the snow machine. And so I get back. And as I walk back, all of a sudden, I'm seeing blood on the ice. And I'm like, what the hell? Where so, is that coming from? So back then, I had a flip phone. So I took my little Nikon quick little camera i can't remember what they called it a quick something or quicksilver cool, cool pick cool pick cool so i took the old cool pick and did a selfie bink. oh man <laughs> my whole beak scun you know and so i was looking at the snow machine it's laying on its side and i looked at that big keel and i was like that's what that is so hmm. Anyway, I, I told my buddy about it. He came out the next day to see me, and I'd forgot all about the nose. In fact, when I got back to the cabin, it was like 20 below. I went in and had a couple shots of E&J and some, a couple aspirin or whatever, got the fire going, and I went out checking line. And uh, <laughs> the next day, Kevin shows up, and I forgot all about my nose. And You look like me. You don't look in the mirror very often. So yeah, he, <laughs> When I answer the face answer, for podcast, yeah, exactly, <laughs> face for radio. But uh, I answer the door, and he looks at me, and he's like, "What the hell happened to you?" And I was like, "What?" I looked in the mirror, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, yesterday I crashed." And so I was telling him about the skis, and he uh, he doesn't know what I'm talking about. That's never happened to him. <clears throat> so we ride for a few days, do everything you and I did. And, and then we're coming back out, and there's some overflow on Flume Creek. So I look back at him when I make it across, and I'm pulling something big I'm hauling out. God, I think it was a Rhino or an Argo or a four-wheeler. Something's on the big sled behind me. But so when I zipped across that overflow and let off the gas, well, now the sled tried to pass me. Oh. So I was like, oh, so I give it gas to get away from it. Well, then it whips the other way. So now I'm just trying to run from the sled, and I forget about Kevin. And so I keep going down the trail about another mile, and I turn around, no Kevin. Oh, no. So I zip back there, and, and this is when I took Woody. Do you remember the posts about Woody, the ATA mascot? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. So this is when Randy Wood, uh, Randy Zarki wanted me to take Woody out, get him back out in in circulation. Uh-huh. He hasn't been out since the seventies, eighties. <laughs> so it's a stupid little wooden doll that's freaky. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he had he had a, a bad trip. But anyway, so I turn around, cut the sled loose, go back for Kevin. Well, here's Kevin about fifty feet from where I last seen him. On his side, snow Ugh. machines upside down, sheared the cut the pod right off the top. Oh, jeez. And he's soaking wet. And I says, what happened? And he says, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, and, and uh, so we went with that Polaris Pro Float. And and do they, is that just a straight swap? They just swap right under the... Yeah, you have to put there. the uh, put their rubbers on, though. That, you know, you can't put your your rubbers that go under your spindles. you, you got to use yeah. the Polaris yeah, rubbers. You, you have to use it. And I mean, you hmm. could probably modify the other one, um, but they're 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. So, and it just doesn't have as deep of a... Cause yeah. the, does the, it have anything? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's just not as deep. Because no. the Skidooskis <laughs> are aggressive. Oh, they are, and, yeah. Uh, I I put like skins on mine. I got skins on them too, but it doesn't matter. And that keel well, still sticks still yeah. through there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One well, in and with skins, you get a lot better flotation, but you don't have the control. Like you don't have the control that you do going slow. Like in yeah, but you can fix that by tightening up your limiter strap. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I've went with Pro Floats on all mine now, and and uh, I really like them. The problem with them is is when we get that crust on the top uh if you get off trail that it'll cut its way underneath that and then it's hard to get it to come back yeah yeah so but nothing's perfect yeah so and i've always ran ski skins um with today's skis i don't know if you really need them because they are a hindrance in the mountain you know you can't side hill so with with the ski skin um but what do you think of Browning auto rifles, Jr.? <laughs> Probably pretty damn good if you take care of them. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Keep them in the safe. <laughs> I just had a bad year with them with three three different clients at them. And, oh, and, really? Yeah. I didn't. I thought Temple was like no. asking you for reassurance no. after it, his uh, jammed was, on his moose. No, but that it, jammed because I let it be dirty. I'm aware of that. Yeah. So one of my guys tried to slow feed it. And yeah, you got to grip it and rip yeah, it. I have yeah, never exactly. slow fed my yeah. JR. And right, then uh, b- bar. What was the other? Tell you the truth, I can't remember. The I other. remember the caribou one. No, that I was the, the slow. slow. The slow feed. I because my, my uncle has a seven mag BAR. My grandpa had a seven mag BAR. Um, that one of our, my relatives blew up, I guess. But uh, after he passed away, my uncle has a set. Still has a seven mag BAR that huh. I just remember he he had asked me to go sighted him when I was a teenager or something yeah. for him and and uh, the same thing I'm like this thing isn't working and it was like yeah. you gotta got you gotta yank that thing yep, man. let her go anyway yep. sorry but I had three three different clients that year and, and uh, I don't remember what the deal was with the other two but the one guys maybe two of them tried to slow feed um, but yeah I don't had I don't issues feed click <laughs> click. It's like, Pull that thing back and drop it. And by that time, uh, the caribou had ran off. Ran. We had it on top of the ridge where he could have shot it right there at 50 yards, and we could have landed the Super Cub next to it and picked it up. No packing. Kept on. Oh, that would have been way too easy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it runs off, and this old cocky guy from Utah, and 
it runs off the hill and and I yelled at it and at about 380 yards it stops and turns broadside and uh he drops down takes a knee and it's off the hill quite a ways and uh I says you want to use my pack frame and this cocky old bastard looks at me and he says do I use your your pack frame when I'm in Colorado oh boy <laughs> oh boy I was like, well, have at it there, Annie Oakley. And uh, so he's he's kind of looking at me all cocky just and, and just takes that knee, drops down, boom. I mean, that quick. And drops that caribou. And drops I'm like, it. I'm like, no shit. Holy shit. That's a pretty good shot. Well, yeah. as we're walking down the hill towards it, that caribou gets up and he'd shot it through both knees. Oh. Uh. So it took the landing gear out. So it can't run, yeah. but it's up and moving. And it was him and his son. And I said, shoot that again. And he's like, I'm not shooting that again. I said, shoot that again. Put it out of its misery. And he said, I'm not shooting that again. And I says, if you don't shoot that again, I'm going to shoot it right in the fucking forehead with my 44. Yeah. <laughs> Make your choice. And as we're walking. Good I'd, for you. I'd already pulled the 44, and I was going to blow the horns right off it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then he shoots it again. But, yeah, he was. Fucking people. That that's, was like that's w- bullshit. One, of, one of three hunters that I've ever had in all the years of guiding that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, one of three. So I can, was, and I can see why. Yeah. That was like your that was like your guy that uh <laughs> that if I get another arrow in it, it'll still be a proper bow kill. Yeah, after Jeez, I shot it with my seen. fucking rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I was like, go at it, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy ended up shooting a black bear, and he challenged me. We hadn't seen any other bear, so it's him and his son. They both had caribou and black bear. We got the kid a black bear to caribou, and then the dad got his caribou. Well, we've been seeing this black bear a couple miles away every other day, and but there was a floating bog between us and it, mm. and so I says, "Well, time's a flying. We be- if we want to get a bear, we better go over and get that one." And, he says, well, how big is it? And I was like, I don't, it doesn't look very big, but we can go after it. So we go down off the ridge, and we start around it, around this big flow. It's a big lake. Yeah. And uh, he's like, why don't we just go straight across? And I was like, I told the kid, I said, well, it's a floating bog. And, and then the old man's back there bitching. So, and he was probably in his, I want to say, late 50s then. So he wasn't an old man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, just a young whippersnapper. Uh, but anyway, he says, why don't we just go across there if we're running out of time? And I says, because that's a floating bog. And he says, well, it's raining. We're already wet. And I says, you want to go across that? Big difference. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah. And I was like, all right. Well, I don't want to hear any bitching. So we started across that, and we got out in the middle, and we were in knee-deep water. Oh, jeez. Just like walking on a, on a waterbed, you know, and uh-huh. it just... But we get all the way, and the old man's getting further and further behind, and, and we're soaked. And we get to the other side, about 50 yards from the other side. There's an open lead. Oh, oh turn around. Black. So oh, and I was like, God. we got to turn around. And the kid's like, why? We're already wet. I was like, partner, that's probably 30 feet deep. You see how black that water is? That's because that there is, ain't no bottom. That's deep. So we walked back to the old man, and, and uh, oh, he was beat. He was... <laughs> And so I looked at the kid, and I says, kid, he was quite a bit younger than me. I says, whenever you go to somebody else's profession, don't challenge them. Mm -hmm. You hired me for a reason. I don't come tell you how to lay block. 
You know, I don't tell a doctor how to do surgery. Well, I might tell a doctor how to do surgery. <laughs> well, I'm that, almost a doctor. There was that plate in your <laughs> yeah. nose. Well, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we have to walk all the way around. So we're, I mean, we're hours in getting over there. And when we get there, of course, the black bear's gone. So gone. I sit down there and start predator calling and and predator call till that ah, ain't nothing coming. So we leave while we're marching back towards camp. We look back at the old man, and he's back there 100 yards behind us. Right over the top, we can see the black bear looking, <laughs> looking for that dying rabbit, you know. <laughs> so we go walking back towards the old man, and, and he's like, I'm coming, you young bastard, blah, blah, blah. He starts getting all on me. I was like, well, your black bear's right out there. So we turn around and go back after it. And when uh, when we're getting over there, we're probably maybe 100 yards from it. I told the kid, I says, I want you to shoot, too. I want this thing laying on the ground and the old man was shooting that var 338 probably. yeah just like mine yep and then the kid was shooting a 782 lazzaroni warbird oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we got into 60 yards and both two of them at the same time shot this thing of course the blackbird didn't flinch and uh when we walked up to it the old man says uh oh, that's a 300 pounder ain't it I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. <laughs> laughing. Yeah, not even close. He says, well, I've shot many of 300-pound black bear in Utah, and that's all the 300 oh, pounds. And I looked shit. at him, and I'd had enough by then. <laughs> and I reached down, and I grabbed that bear by its top of its ass and by the nap of its neck, bent over, pulled it up onto my neck, and I stood up with it without gutting it. And I says, if this is a 300-pound bear, I'm one tough motherfucker, and let's head for camp. <laughs> and I took about six steps and threw it down. I says, that's 125 pounds. <laughs> and I started gutting it. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. Oh. Which, which is yeah. funny. Like, I've been bringing back bears. Well, the bear, the first bear I killed with that stone arrowhead, that black bear, brought back whole weighed. I mean, and it was the biggest like squared wise the biggest black bear i'd killed with a bow at the time 248 pounds oh yeah and that was a big one yeah you know they're just like not they ain't eating in apple orchards and cornfields nope. yeah. yeah. up no here shit. Yeah, nope. they're, yeah they're not in new york <laughs> exactly so, <clears throat> yeah even my grizz my biggest grizz i ever killed i don't think it was 500 pounds yeah really i don't think so but that's a Brooks Range bear. Okay. You know? yeah. See, now those ones that we're getting on the Little Delta and over off the Toklat, now there's some. <laughs> there's a couple some of the ones I killed. We fucking speculated for so long when I was working down there on a fog knack. It was so awesome to weigh that bear. Yeah. That 1,400? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what like it weighed was 1,400? 1,417 pounds or oh something. 1,472 or 1,417. I was, I was Either to, way, it was 1,400-pound bear. They I picked it up with you know, a, well, we, we, we shot it and then winched it onto the boat and brought it back to the lodge and then and got had it an off excavator. of the, Had an excavator okay. and put an inline scale in. One wow. of the tender scales that yeah. raised the brain yeah. bags. Nice. Fucking heavy. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well... We were guessing, and we were off by a little bit, because <laughs> yeah. I was always like, wow, it could be 1,000 pounds, but it's probably like 900 pounds, you My know, or My buffalo was pounds. 1,850 pounds, field-dressed. Yeah, shit. this thing was whole wow. guts and shit, so everything's still H. in it, yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. 1,400 pounds. Wow. Yeah. But. <laughs> My you wife fucking got mess me your a, ass up quick. My wife got me an inline scale for our anniversary. <clears throat> uh-huh. Me and that woman been married for I don't remember how many years, but it's a long time to put up with my shit. 
She bought me. That's a new no way to start an argument, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start weighing moose legs and, and yeah, definitely. Catches. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting to do a moose leg too. You know, what's really funny is what the difference is in. I usually shoot spike forks, little whichever bowls, one holds you know? still first. Yeah, exactly. Little ones. I don't. I'm not trophy yeah, yeah. hunting. But then when when you're guiding and you shoot a 60 incher. The difference in oh, yeah. God, the rear half, huge, it's amazing. Yeah. So I've I've dealt with spikes and I've yep. dealt with the 60, 60 pluser. I carried one leg from where it fell on the on the gravel to the boat by myself, and Uncle watched me do one leg, and he's like, after I I couldn't set it down, I had to drop oh, yeah. it. Uncle, we I drop it in the boat, and it goes. Boom! And you hear it echo off oh, yeah. of the fucking hills. Boom! 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 Uncle says, "Yeah, no more, no more. We'll, we'll two two man job." Yeah, I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. Well, I had those two boys. Uh, I think Wade and Grant. They were. I think my kids a, play baseball with them. Sometimes. Eleven and thirteen, I uh-huh. think. And uh, they packed my whole moose out last nice. year. Nice, nice. That's so great. And uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, but I mean, Wade, he's he's shit. He's bigger than I am. But he, I says, are you sure you can take this? And he's like, yeah, let's try it. And so we put him in my pack frame, put a rear ham on it, and stood him up and <laughs> get to go, get to moving. But yeah, it was pretty awesome. <clears throat> I think they weigh a lot, but I'd love to see what they actually weigh because a lot of people say claim they weigh more than they people do. are so generous it seems with like their weight estimates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I, I, I won't say that I've shot a thousand pound moose, nine hundred pounds. I'll just that I don't know. I don't know. I don't even yeah. know. Just real. Who, who real knows? I just yeah. know. Yeah, I just man. know they weigh enough that I prefer a four wheeler. Four wheeler <laughs> right to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've shot a couple over a thousand pounds. Yeah. Guiding, yeah. That Oof. that first one that I shot working for Stony River Lodge, that was a 72 incher. Jesus, really? Yeah. 72 inches? Yeah. Never have I seen a moose that big since. Oh. And it was kind of funny because the next moose that I shot was 64, and I told Curlius is it was like it was anorexics or something. You know, it was just kind of <laughs> kind of small. <laughs> and, and he says, "Hey, everything after that first one's going to be anorexic." So. <clears throat> I, I I shot a 62 incher out from Uncle, and I felt real bad about it because it was any bull for resident and 50 plus for non-resident. Uh-huh. I felt real bad. I got over it quick. Yeah, <laughs> but by I the feel... time the brass hit the bottom of the boat, <laughs> yeah. Well, we were in fact it was before the felt recoil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so but the year before he shot a 54 that I swear to God was bigger than that 62. I mean, not antler wise, yeah. yeah. but. Body wise, like that that fifty four he shot that's mounted over his fireplace now. It's like I didn't I didn't even try to carry one of those legs by myself. Uh-huh. It was a two man job to put it on a log to dry. Yeah, and we did that in a canoe. That was <laughs> stupid. I remember shooting one in Meadow Flats one time on that winter hunt. We were down there and it was thirty eight below. Oh, God. so we went out, left my buddy's cabin down there on the Chattanooga and. Drove out one mile slew, and instead of taking a left, we took a right to the lake. And here's this cow and a bull. And the bull had little little horns. 
still had little horns yeah. in the winter on yep. it. Okay. And anyway, so I took I, I jumped off my snow machine. I started stalking. I had that 300 wind mag, and it was a tack driver. So I snuck up on this thing, and, and I can hear Dale back at the snow machine. He's a couple hundred yards behind me. Don't shoot. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm focused. We're meat hunting here now. And, and uh, so they start to walk away from us, and I take a bead on the back of that moose's head, and when I squeeze the trigger... I, it was like shooting a muzzleloader because that Cause of was how so cold. cold. It was. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the moose drops, and, and so I start walking up to it. And, and about that time, the cow comes running back, you know, and it was a calf. Oops. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know? it was and, a bull still. But, yeah, and anyway, but the horns, when I hit it in the back of the heads, both of the horns just left. <laughs> <laughs> so one was over here and the other one was over there. And anyway, so when, and I didn't realize it, but the way the cow was so far f- in front of it, it didn't look that small. It gave it d- the depth perception. Screwed. Yeah. So anyway, so we cut this thing up and start gutting it. And it was so cold, we had to keep the snow machines running because the blood would freeze on the knife so fast, you couldn't didn't know which side you were cutting with. Oh, jeez. It would just wow. and anyway, uh, so so Dale's brother wants the whole hide, and which wasn't much bigger than a good sized wolf. But anyway, so we got. <laughs> Got this thing up, and then I, I life size take the whole hide, and he's going to make buckskin out of it. But anyway, and then Dale takes the chainsaw and cuts this thing. I don't know if you guys ever did that before. I've not. Yeah, don't do it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, cuts the whole thing right in half. And this moose, this will tell you how small it was. Now, I was younger and a lot stronger, but I grabbed it by a front leg and a back leg and picked up half that moose. I'm not kidding. It wasn't much bigger than a caribou. Oh, Longer-legged caribou. No shit. And I threw that in... Uh, so I bet it was like veal. No. No? Because here's another thing. Oh, shit. It's called flash freezing. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's just as bad as shooting them with adrenaline. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we throw this, <laughs> the two halves in there. It flash froze to the sled and to oh. itself so fast. By the time we got back to his cabin, he's like, well, we might as well just stay here and hopefully it warms up. And, and then we bring it back to town while well, we were sharing it with his dad. So Dale and I were going to have half moose, and his dad and mom were going to get the other half. And so when we backed this thing into his dad's shop, he's like, well, where's the moose? And I was like, well, it's in the sled. So we take the tarp off it. He's like, that ain't a moose. <laughs> that's a goddamn dog. <laughs> oh, I was like, no, that's a moose. And his dad is about this tall. And Henri, his he still treats his boys. His boys are in their 40s, 50s, and he tr- still treats them like they're eight. And they still call him daddy. But, so I'm laughing, and I'm not taking, I'm not taking no shit from any me here. And but so he starts chewing on Dale's ass, and he says, uh, "I send you guys out to do a, to get a moose for share with me and your mom. You guys come back with a damn caribou." And he says, "There's hardly enough to feed us." If you think we're sharing with this, you got another thing coming. So I'm over laughing, and, and Dale's apologizing to his dad. And, and his old man looks at, what are you laughing? If you think you're too big for me to put over your knee, you got another thing coming. It's like, you better pipe down. I'm not one of your kids. <laughs> so, but, oh, it was so funny. So, yeah, we didn't get half the most. <laughs> so how, how would you, knowing what you know now, how would you have kept that thing from flash freezing? I wouldn't have shot it at, wouldn't have skunned it, first of all, because uh-huh. that's what, 
if you would if you'd have left the skin on that, gutted it, threw a tarp over it, then it would have slowly cooled. But and that's the first time I've ever had that. Yeah. So I've not had flash. I've yeah. not. I've but not and I I heard about it later too. Um, yeah, you can't can't do that. Mm. So. But, you know, that's the way the old-timers used to do it all the time. They'd always just hang their meat outside. But I don't know if I've they did it, it at 38 I've cut below. a lot of shit for They always ate a lot of there's shit, a difference too. Between, yeah. There's a difference between, like, getting it to a certain point and hanging it and, like, going from zero to 60. Like, from yeah, definitely. breathing to yeah. frozen solid. Yeah. Like and I mean, hard it was so quick. small, there <clears> wasn't enough mass to hold the heat and yeah. then when you peel that hide off it yeah. i mean it's Done. just a fog around us you yeah. know that heat's just dissipating you know it's like jeez yeah. so <laughs> but. so trapper sling i was going to ask you i uh was it this year or last year that you guys auctioned off a couple of frank glazer's traps this year this year that was a pretty interesting story because what was the i can't remember the guy's name that found them on that ridge um, back in the seventies, I think it was, had found these trap. Like, was walking. I think he was a biologist. Was walking and was like noticed these weird grass tufts on top of this ridge line. It's like rocky, gravelly ridge. It's like those look out of place. Walk over there and there's traps anchored there. So I pulls them, and then it wasn't until Reardon's book came out that he's like, I know who put those there because uh-huh. he had backpacked. Mm. He had transplanted those tufts of like little tundra grass up there for piss posts uh-huh. for foxes. So it's kind of funny because when, when they donated, his family donated after he passed, um, Randy brought him over to my house. He actually gave me one, so I got one in my collection. But he said, well, what's this worth? I mean, what what kind of value? And I was like, well, it's, it's just in, like it's that. In, it's invaluable. Well, like I mean, that. yeah, but it's just like that ivory trap. So that it's ivory worth trap. someone will pay. There you go. Yeah. That ivory trap to Temple might not be worth ten dollars. Right. Uh, well, it I'm might just be worth a hundred. Yeah. But but to, <laughs> to Jim and short. I, right. yeah, to Jim and I, to spend four or five grand on it, that's right. something. And it's not so much about the trap as the competition between the two of us and what that money goes to. Yeah. So, um, but like that trap. So if you don't know who Frank Glazer was. That trap it ain't doesn't worth mean a shit dime. To you. Right. And it was just like you saying about Dean Wilson. The other day at one of our meetings, um, when we brought Dean's book back in, um, I asked I asked Randy, I said, just ask the, the membership here at the meeting, how many people know Dean Wilson? Well, less than a quarter of people stuck their hand Well, out. okay. So I was at that meeting. I understood it as people who like knew oh. dean like me okay like yeah. i know you I, making excuses fuck, I didn't know already. who the yeah. hell dean yeah. wilson i didn't know the man i yeah. knew who he was yeah but Temple i mean didn't so, raise his hand because he was sleeping in the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i might have been that's but, possible but i mean that a lot of that stuff you know and i mean the if if you're not reading you don't see nothing about frank glazier on the internet no it's mm-hmm. hard so you to find unless you yeah unless you want to read you know yeah. so and that's funny because I take that Alaska Wolfman with me every year when I guide, and I read it to the hunters that night. Yeah. So this year during moose season, I actually read it twice to my hunter because I only had one book, and we were out there for 18 days <laughs> well, or something. <laughs> yeah. But, <clears throat> but, and this year, it was the first year that I caught some some stuff in that book that weren't right. So he, he romanticizes a lot of stuff, Jim did, in his book. Uh, in in his books, and uh, so 
a couple of things in there. He covered too much country in too short a time. So, and I can't remember how many miles it was, but he, like 40 miles and he walked it in four hours or something. And, huh. and I was like, oh, come That's, on. Well, was it? Because it was interesting, like when he talked about when he first came up, like first coming up here, green off the boat yeah. from like out in Salcha. I can't remember where it was to Fairbanks. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, that's some walking, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like even on the even on the blacktop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this could we, uh, probably not. I'm sh- almost certainly not. But this came from an old spot that he has definitely been. Yeah. So what's cool <laughs> is out on the trap line. So it's we did an old nineteen oh six. It's thirty out six case yeah. before it was known as the thirty out six. Rem UMC nineteen out six. But there's a bunch of history out there in my trap line there from Hugo Strongberger back up. in the in the market <laughs> days, and and uh, we found some some of his stuff there. That's pretty cool. In fact, the property that I own out there that was his. Um, but Frank talked about that sheep lick that, yeah, uh, I think we went up to it. Yeah. But so, and in most of those books, pretty much back in the fifties, sixties and seventies, most of the guides that guided in the interior knew about that lick. So when they'd come out to get sheep, they'd run up there and, and most of them would mention about that blind that Hugo had there. And there was, I can't remember if it was hundreds or thousands of brass, Oh yeah, pile of brass and that. Yeah, so it was cool to see those videos the other night. Um, Chuck Gray had a thing. Oh yeah, which that that's was, a guy. Yeah. Like I still need to meet. Yeah, Chuck and yeah. talk. I think to, I it'd have, be great to have him on the podcast if he's ever like game for it. But. I think he would be oh, game yeah. for it. You he's awesome. Ask, he is such a cool man. Yeah, like that one picture you had so there cool. at Delta. It was Chuck, Urban Ray Hoy. Yeah, uh, Frank Glazer, and. Oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but yeah, all, and they yeah. were all just young <laughs> in their twenties. You know, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, Blair, good yeah, stuff. I, yeah, Chuck Gray had a was it last week had a yeah movie like That's showing what yeah. we're TVSA. talking about yeah yeah, 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 yeah. well I, I did yeah, you I you, yeah, you I go to that yeah right on yep. <clears throat> no yeah. it was really good for sure and I think Chuck's I've gone and had lunch with him a couple of times and he's given me all of his videos that he's digitized at this yeah. point and yep. he, i just got the buffalo one now so i've yeah. got i think i have all the yep. all of the footage at this yeah. point yep <clears throat> yeah it's pretty awesome oh it really is it's so the foresight to like document all that back in those back days then, when we like, think it's a pain in the ass to video stuff now yeah. it's just Ooh, in the pocket i gotta carry my phone yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. which did you see any of the um i got this fall like roundabout way through like the butt like my the la- uh, one of the ladies that's running the like the restoration or whatever museum ship for the bus at the university. Yeah. Um saw like my story you know, I had written a story out like that was like my dad and uncle's their hunting camp for yeah. a few years when they were kids. And uh go see it and I ended, I ended up getting my grandma's like old eight millimeter film. Uh-huh. And so there's a couple different like films from out there at the bus. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw any of those, uh-uh. but I ended up buying a digitizing machine yeah, yep. and like a film scanner and got like digital digital copies of them. I'll huh. show them to you. But, yeah. you know, the bus is in like a couple different years of them and like they're, that was pretty, 
Yeah. Pretty cool. You know, some of the older ones, like I think the shit that were the places they took their pickup trucks back in the day, <laughs> you know, like a couple of like the whole back of the pickup trucks, just trucks just full of caribou. <laughs> yeah. And they'd carry, they'd go out there and they'd carry plywood and they'd carry that old, uh, what's that matting that they used on the runway for? Oh, the, uh, like the, the World War II yeah, stuff. They'd carry We that. were just talking about that this last year because yeah. we came across some of that. Oh, it's like, man, man this shit. Was, yeah, we need some for a we need spot. Some, we need some for <laughs> we a need couple some spots. Of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, where it's the like the link together. Yep. Yeah. It's this it's steel like, like together, punch floating. locks together. Can't they would make they, a, they would make yeah. airfields out something, of it in the Pacific Islands. Matting. It's uh, yeah. But yeah, it's like somewhat corrugated, but it's got holes about yeah, that big, big in yeah. it. Yeah, it so it's lighter. lightweight, yeah. but yeah. they could like the, in the Pacific, they made just airfields. Oh yeah, definitely. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing pictures when we were in Dutch Harbor where the wind come up and they had it on the beach, and the tide came up with big waves and stuff like that, and it just tied it into big knots, put it in a big pile up against. The yeah, side. I've seen that happen so. to gill nets. What a hassle to untangle. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, that truck, he's done a lot of stuff, too, you know. Anytime you can talk to those guys that, like, got to hunt polar bears or super cubs in, you know, in yeah. the 50s and 60s. And, yeah. So. Tyler. Yes. Jared's done priced me and Aiden out uh, shooting some nuisance bears for him out uh, across the tenon, huh? <laughs> How much dog food I got to buy for Aiden to shoot a bear off of one of your baits? One well, million. <laughs> priced out there too. Like, well, how much money you got? <laughs> well, I'm only gonna have I'm only gonna have one bait around here this year. Is yeah. the plan? Uh, my my boy's up number one. That's fair. That's this fair. year. So he's pretty. We're pretty excited. We're about time to take him out and start practicing. He's a he's a fucking good shot. Like he's been slaying shit since he was three. So had you had him on the bait yet? I haven't had him on the bait yet. He's seven this year. Um, if he can stay awake, yeah, like he's a, he's a good shot. But we're gonna, you know, I've been. He knows where to shoot stuff, but yeah. we're like we're gonna about to start intensive, intensive training. But um, I need to chop a stock off a rifle for mm. one of the rifles for him to shoot. Probably have him shoot this little three fifty legends just for the hell of it. I was gonna have him shoot my AR, one of my ARs. I got some. 62 grain barns but uh yeah that 350 i got some lehigh defense bullets i want to i can't decide between because i've got some so the 90 grain which is a totally different fucking subject that 350 legend the interesting thing about it is it's 355 bullets same as nine millimeter pistols so huh. i had a load with those 90 grain lehigh defense extreme defense bullets going almost 3,000 feet per second that could be pretty damn cool like, talk about mess some shit. Up. Oh yeah, but um, also these like you know they're hundred fifty grain controlled chaos, you know bullets. And, so I don't know, but he's gonna kill a bear. Uh huh. I'm working a normal schedule. Maybe I can get my own bait going somewhere. We'll see. He's excited yeah, man. about the idea, but I'm just I'm tired. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't acclimated to a normal schedule yet. Well, you got a little bit of time while, while a lot of people are out there post-holing and 
burning gas right now. Uh, we've we've got we've got some time before the birds oh, are going to yeah. be moving. I don't over. know where the hell I was going somewhere on <laughs> April first, and I seen three different trucks, bait barrels, shit, snow machines. Got to get like, them out, man! You guys, I you should have been here yesterday. <laughs> like all them guys that bait Holy up off Murphy Dome there down shit. on the Chattanooga, you know they're Jesus. stuck in that drift with vehicles and no. four wheelers. Oh. What are you thinking? Yeah. I'm not thinking. I'm not setting up any bait till I can do it with my boat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even it's then, you're not... jumping the gun usually a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I, mean, I, can shoot. I get it out as quick as I can just because I can't take it anymore. And I'm going to shoot some beef on my way to the bait. Shooting some beef is some overrated like, or some underrated, underrated fun. <laughs> underrated yeah. fun. Like, we, that would be fun to like do because we got to. Make a couple boat trips. That's where I'm going to spring. So is with the nighttime, beef. yeah. So what did your biggest grizz go? Um, skull wise, twenty five and two sixteenths was uh, I killed him with with my bow, and he was pretty fucking big. I don't know. I can't remember what he squared. It was like maybe a little over eight foot. Uh huh. Um. The one I killed with, I can't remember what the one I killed with my muzzleloader was. He was probably number two. And then actually a sow, was the year after I killed that big one, I killed a sow that was 23 and a quarter or something. Oh, like wow. Really big sow. Well, it's those two. Those two on my look at me plaques up there. Uh-huh. Um. But pretty good bears. There's still some big ones running around. One I, the year I was trying to kill, I was started trying to kill one with a stone arrowhead. It was in May, and the one bait, one of my baits, usually didn't start get hop until June. But I was going to check it anyway. Checked it, and there had been a huge grizzly on it the, the night before. I'm like, well, if it was on there last night. Tonight's, you know, I I need to sit. So I sat from like five o'clock in the afternoon. The thing came in at 2.30 in the morning, and oh, it was wow. late. It was like May still, so it was still getting pretty dark, right? Yeah. The darkest parts where I could see, but not great. And he was, sucker walked, like, came from this way, walked right under my stick. I could have spit on his back. It was like a yardstick across his uh-huh. back. I'm like, holy shit, that's a big bear. And he came walking this way, and I had had thing bow, and he turned... He turned around broadside and sniffed this. I'd set my gloves on this little stump when I was checking my camera, and he, like, whipped around and was broadside on that stump, and I came to full draw, but I couldn't, that longbow, I couldn't get back around to my left behind the tree far enough to shoot him. I'm thinking, ah, and he kind of turns towards the bait, and I let down, and I, it was dark enough where I was only going to shoot him if he was standing still at the bait because I knew there was nothing in the way, and he just walked all Walked through and walked kept going. Out. Walked out of my life forever. So, do you leave a T-shirt or anything there? I don't, and I'll even use those Ozonics, those ozone generators. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I there's there's the, the trains of thoughts. Like, yeah, do do you acclimate them to your scent? So me in I there? Mean, or? They know dog food just don't grow in a drum. Yeah, I mean they're not probably not as smart as temple but they're definitely as smart as i am so <laughs> i think you're giving but, me a little uh, much credit i am but, as long as we can agree. but uh i mean i want them to know i pee there i leave a shirt i want them to know that my smell is all right yeah the problem is when i bring temple i stink different he stinks different and then so a lot of times that'll yeah that'll kind of get them excited but 
So I'm an exciting guy. Ask my <laughs> wife. Uh-huh. No, don't ask her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it's uh, which I mean, yeah, sidebar for like gimmicky, gimmicky sounding pieces of equipment that work really well. Oh yeah, <laughs> those things are pretty. I'm pretty sold on them. But no, I I. And we maybe sat, that's something I can experiment with. We sat and had that wolf come right in from straight downwind. Yeah. Right under the tree. Stand, I don't know, thing was 10 feet away from my feet. No idea we were there. Yeah. I, that's what uh, sold me on those things. I was like, hmm, wolf. I've had, I've had Interesting. Grizz, I've had grizzly bears that, like, well, my dad, that big sow my dad shot, grizzly bear, she came in and just knew something was up and, like, kind of looked at us and left and then she came in real slow and real quiet, directly downwind a couple hours later. It's like nose in the air, sniff and sniff. I like couldn't. Just couldn't get anything. I've just had too many too many animals that should have busted me yeah. well, coming like, downwind. Like bears and stuff like that on a bait, you can't really judge them because... I mean, mine Coming all... Coming to a bait's unnatural yeah, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. My, mine all know I'm there. Just the only ones that are going to be nervous are the, the big boars most of the time. Yeah. So, and my biggest boar out there, we call him Ringneck, he was either wearing a snare or or lost a snare. But yeah. he definitely had a ring around his neck. And uh, so I watched him grow for six years, and he was a giant one the last year. But he wouldn't come in when I was there. I'd catch him on the camera. Uh-huh. And so one day I went down there and, and I got flown out to the cabin, ran down to the bait and, and checked the camera. And, or no, I didn't even check the camera. I went down there the first time to check the camera and he had been there. So I was like, well, it was kind of late in the afternoon. I'll just sit here. And it was like 4.30 in the afternoon or something. So I just stayed right there, climbed up in the stand, and was sitting there reading a book. And all of a sudden I heard, and I was like, Jeez, I did five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and I look, and here he is out on the overflow, downwind of me. And he just goes walking by, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Ringneck. And he walks by, goes up past the bait, goes out into the trees, woofs a little bit, and he's gone. And I was like, God damn. Well, and it's, and it's weird, like, you know, the different spots that, I mean, geographically, not like a terrible distance, but different behavior like i don't get grizzlies for more than usually two days in a row and then sometimes a sow and a cub will like come in for a couple days then they'll they'll be back periodically but usually like two days and they're gone you never see them again that year like i I think they're you know it's just uh, they're more in a travel they're definitely in a corridor because i I pick them up but they're traveling like they're hunting moose calves and stuff ours will do you use 55 gallon drops um, it I depends. Uh, on it depends. Like lately, I just I haven't even been using drums. Oh, so but. you have to have a lot of bait there to keep. A I mean, I keep there. a lot of bait yeah. on there, but so our grizz will usually they'll drain a fifty-five gallon drum and they'll come back to it for two days. Yeah, on an empty drum before they crush the drum, and now they're huh. telling you, "You lazy bastard!" I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's... that bear came. I says, "Well, I'm sitting here till midnight." And that's that's what I've always learned when I bow hunted was you got to put a time limit. Just because you're bored, don't leave. Yeah. So I always put a time limit. You're staying till this, you know. And yeah. So I said midnight. Well, at eleven o'clock, I'm like, 
Midnight's a long ways away. <laughs> <laughs> that last hour. I'm kind of cold. And, uh, that bear ain't coming back. He already went. That's when you got us. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm thinking that. Grind nope, it out. you're staying till midnight. And about that time, I hear trees breaking and woofing. And, and I'm like, oh, oh, he's back. And so he threw a fit out there for about 10 minutes. And then it got quiet. And then he came at a full run from over 100 yards. Oh, shit. Just charged right in, went right past the drum, and I'm in a ladder stand. <laughs> and he was from me to you from that ladder stand, and I'm in a six-foot ladder stand, and I was so freaking scared. <laughs> 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 because the last time I had an issue like this, I had two three-year-old cubs that were throwing a fit, and they just ran mom out of the bait. And when they came back, they were looking for me. And they just don't know to look up. Yeah. So, and that's what he was doing. He was down there like a wolverine, bouncing around on all four feet, woofing and throwing a fit. I mean, when he'd swing his head, he was missing my standby this big, this far. And all I can think of is one swipe, he'll take this stand out from underneath me, and I'm hanging like a pinata. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and then he just turned and ran off. And, but the two cubs that did it, the male cub, he, they came right up to the to the bottom of the stand and they're woofing and he's standing up well when he's standing up you know he's probably only six feet tall when he's standing up but his his head looked close and that's all i could think of was him just swiping that thing out and i reached to grab my pistol and my my harness had my pistol locked oh (laughs) shit (laughs) so my bow i got my bow hanging here and I yelled at him because he, he finally looked up and I yelled at him and I could hear the fear in my own voice. <laughs> hey! Hey! Get out of here! God, did you guys see the, the video of the lady trying to scare a black bear off her kayak on, in southeast somewhere? Uh, off her uh, kayak? Yeah, so she was she was cabin hopping in her oh. kayak in in you know northwest Pacific, northwest contiguous, southeast Alaska somewhere and she's just like, hey bear! I'm like you're you're a predator, call, <laughs> yeah. sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> throw a rock. Shut up and throw a rock. Yeah, but that kind of made me nervous in that ladder stand. Was because uh, if you fall out and you're tied off, you've probably dropped down another four or five feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of hanging there. So yeah, I'm like oh, and your okay. shirt's been there the whole time, so they know you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're hey. the one giving me the dog food, mm. sheep on honey, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, it's it's interesting, you know, talking to like different folks, yeah. like seeing how how stuff just bears act different yeah. in different areas. Do you ever throw yeah, they, marshmallows out for them? Uh-uh. Oh, man, you want to talk about something funny. Watch a big old bear eat marshmallows. They <laughs> like suck the them up like a vacuum. I, I do the big ones, but they'll walk around there <laughs> just sucking them up. So... Jeff yeah, was telling funny. me that he's got kids that he takes out, and they stick them on all the sticks around the bait. Yeah. yeah. And the bears yeah. are, like, oh, coming yeah. around and eating the marshmallows off yeah. the ends of the sticks and shit. But I had a red squirrel <clears throat> that was stealing all the marshmallows, and I was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. I'm hunting bears. And he just can't. Well, they move so fast, mm-hmm. I couldn't get a, a beat on one. So finally, I was getting down to my last five marshmallows, so I had to pick out which one. 
he was going to come for next. Lead him. Huh? Yep. So I just aimed right on that marshmallow, and when he came to the marshmallow, I released and stuck it right through his head. <laughs> I have yet to get a squirrel with the bow. Oh man, I've, I've shot a ton of You're only about rabbits. you're only about thirty behind my seven year old son. Uh, <laughs> right, he's cheating. He's using the compound in sights. So I, I've yet to get a squirrel with the bow. I've shot grouse and and rabbits and and moose. But that that damn squirrel, he's oh, yeah. just he's yep. just ahead of that dowel. Uh huh. Didn't I get like set up like a whole batch of carbon? Nice, you like, did. Nice, I came some carbon shit. arrows for him and you tuned did. him. To, yeah. We yes, tuned we him. Did. Got him shooting good with some two hundred and seventy or three hundred. Lowe's done. He sent me a video a couple weeks ago. I was like, "Well, get yourself some ash. Stop fucking around with Lowe's dowels." Yeah, his ash handmade arrows work pretty good for this guy. I got nothing. I like carbon myself. So carbon straight or broke, it's hard to argue with straight or broke. I like axes, those Easton axes. Is that's all a, a yeah. matter of that's fact. What that's we what we set up for. Man, Some Easton axes, two sixties. Yeah, those yeah. they're tough. Yeah, so I, they will break, I, but they were they're tougher. Than, I don't know if I've seen another one. So so I that tough. I got some. Uh, some uh, blunt tips for them, and I want to foot them with some brass tube. Just because uh, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like a good idea to foot them, because huh. I'm going to shoot a stump that's harder than I think it is. I I don't know. With a judo point or a blunt, you don't need to shoot a stump. You can just shoot the ground. Just don't shoot a rock. I I, I don't trust the ground. Huh. I I want to shoot the I want to hard shoot the stump, Jr. Okay. Why don't you just shoot squirrels? Because I'll miss and them. And rabbits and other things instead of shooting fucking stumps. <laughs> God, we used to have so much fun ptarmigan hunting up on the slope with bows. Oh, I'd forget all about caribou hunting when you get into them. <laughs> yeah, so I can see dumb. that. And then if you can get a northern goshawk to work with you, they oh, won't fly. Keep them down keep on the ground. Keep them on the, the, yeah. the ground. Yeah. And then if you get one person at one end of the willow bar and you're at the other end, you just run them back and forth. Oh, it's just... That's There's nothing great. more fun. It's me and so. my buddy Joe growing up would do that on uh, on the overcast whiteout days. Yeah. The ptarmigan uh-huh. going to fly. He'd go to one with the snow machine and shotguns. He shot left-handed. I shot. He shot left-handed. I shot right-handed. So we'd we'd work a a a, a, a brush pot yeah. patch like that. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. When we were on one snow machine, he would shoot off the. The left side, and I'd shoot off the right side. It was, we're lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of lucky to be alive, we probably better wrap this up. That was but, a uh, No, long but good, man. Heck yeah. Yeah. Good to, JR's a good as shit to have you over, JR. Man. Yeah, we'll I finally to, got to see your wall of sheep. Yeah, no, we're... Uh, we're doing okay. There ain't a 40-incher among them. But <laughs> You'll have to come over and see mine. I got a 43-and-a-halfer right now. Yeah. Jesus. I hate you. It's wolf kill, but. Wolf kill. <laughs> yeah. <That's> a... <laughs> but it's beautiful. No, that's you awesome, see, man. People think they die of old age, and they're sleeping a bit. Oh, yeah. They Is this something you just life. got this winter? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I'd like one to come check it out. One side's broom, but we're going to replicate it. We're going to uh, try and get a tip and fix it, make it a little bit, and then make replicas of it. It's beautiful. Hmm. 
Yeah, even ones you find like old rams or old big rams like that, just to, yeah, it's like, yeah, a little bit of reassurance. There's still some good ones walking around. Yeah, yeah but, no doubt. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll probably continue BSing for a while, but if you enjoy Tundra Talk, I appreciate it if you leave a good good or bad review on iTunes or whatever you listen on. Um, and, yeah, tune in next time. Thank you.